now entering the Bass Galaxy. This is Teal's Bass Galaxy. I'm your host. This podcast is about raw, real conversations with real awesome people about bass fishing, bass boats, and heck, there are no limits in the galaxy. Attention all Bastronauts. This podcast is supported by the Bass Galaxy's title sponsor, Waypoint Angler Supply, the Midwest's new landing pad for hardcore anglers just like you and me. If you're looking for the sneaky goods you can't find anywhere else, look no further. Waypoint Angler Supply has the largest offering of JDM tackle in the Midwest, and they are right here in Minnesota on Lake Minnetonka. This is truly a place every bass fisherman in Minnesota needs to visit because we finally have a tackle shop in the state that's as dreamy as the ones you find down south. And the staff at Waypoint Angler Supply understands the various needs of us anglers, which is why you'll find the selection there so enticing. Ross and the folks at Waypoint Angler Supply are passionate about carrying the right stuff, providing an authentic customer experience, and they listen to the anglers. And it doesn't end at JDM baits. They stock all the top U.S. brands, as well as local Minnesota brands like the Selka Fishing and Customs, Arsenal Fishing, Bait Lab Custom Swim Baits, All Terrain Tackle, Bagley Northland, Outcast Tackle, and more. So stop into their store on Lake Minnetonka or visit their website, waypointanglersupply.com. That's waypointanglersupply.com. Use the code GALAXY20 to save 20% on your next tackle binge. Today's guests are two young hammers that hail from the North Country, Grand Rapids, Minnesota, and now are now seniors for Montevallo fishing team uh, down in Alabama there in this past year. These guys are the best team in the nation. They're the team of the year for the Bassmaster College Series, which is got some insane competition there's a lot of young sticks coming up and i compete against one of them on the mnbn team trail that's right i'm talking about nick dumpke and easton gill daddy father gill these guys i'm excited for this one uh easton and his dad just came off a big win on leech and as i mentioned they are your collegiate bassmaster team of the year nationally so i'm excited to dig into a lot of topics with these two anglers, and uh, without further ado, let's get this thing kicked off. Hello, Bastronauts. This is a message of gratitude for myself. All your support that you've shown the Bass Galaxy and Teal's Bass Galaxy podcast, and just very grateful to all the guests and people who've tuned in so far. Uh, we want to keep this show rolling for all of you uh, who keep tuning in. Um, so it'd be great if you'd be willing to subscribe to our YouTube channel and support 
you know, all the great sponsors that keep the vast galaxy rolling and ever expanding. And uh, always open to feedback, but your support is greatly appreciated. So hit that subscribe button, check out our sponsors, and we look forward to bringing you even more intergalactic content. Thank you. Boys, thanks for making the trip out here. All the way down from Grand Rapids. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Last I checked, you guys are the Collegiate uh, Bassmaster Team of the Year. Yes, that sir. is a national title you guys currently hold. Pretty wild. You guys are from Grand Rapids, Minnesota. You know that? <laughs> That's pretty wild to me. Uh, huge congrats. And I'll be honest, uh, Dumkey, I have not fished against you yet, but I have fished against you, and it's been a... It's been a pleasure, let's put it that way. Uh, but it's been cool to see you guys just dominate some events, you and your dad, and it's been cool to fish against you, then see you boys go down south and absolutely tear it up. And uh, remind, I don't know how to pronounce the school you guys go to. Can you guys help Mont- me out? Montevallo. Montevallo. Yep. Yep. Montevallo. <laughs> Is that, uh, I mean, so... Montevallo, what made you guys decide to go to Montevallo? Because there's all these college fishing teams. I know that one's pretty well known, but what what kind of drew you guys to that? And did you guys talk about it beforehand, or how did that go down? Yeah, so we talked to quite a few schools, and at the time when we were looking for schools, um, they were kind of the most established. They weren't the best in the country yet, but they were definitely on the come up, and you know we wanted to be, you know, a part of the come up and. They had, they had one of the best funded programs in the country at the time and still is. So that's kind of, and we wanted to be south to learn southern fisheries. That was a big deal for us. So, yeah, definitely a big timing thing. I can't, I think it kind of worked out perfectly just when we graduated, kind of where the sport was at, kind of a deal. Sure. Just like he said, that was the biggest thing was Montevallo starting to get, you know, on the scene finally, finally starting to compete with those Bethels, those McKendries and, um yeah just to i don't know be a part of that program talking with the coach like easton said we talked to a bunch of different teams and what what uh william had to offer was just it was definitely the deal you could just tell that program was just different and that was something we wanted to be a part of something different to try and you know blaze a path and sounds like a d1 football like recruiting (laughs) program Jeez, back at well i'm here to tell you back in my day boys back in my day uh Duluth didn't have a college fishing team so we actually started the Duluth college fishing team and it was like this club deal that we had to apply for funding there was no recruitment of Mm -hmm. anglers so what you you guys went and toured that together and you had like you have like is there scouts for fishing now like do these colleges like have scouts and stuff like they go travel and scout out fishermen and try to so how did that there's like fishing recruiting now. There is. That's uh, wild. Yeah, we didn't actually get recruited. We actually uh, we reached out to William, our coach, and we both sent him our high school resumes. So that's how we got in touch. Walk-ons. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's much better story. That's a that's a Cinderella story, <laughs> in fact. So, but there uh, is recruitment going on. There's Bassmaster Hold, a high school combine that all the coaches go to, and. To me, it's kind of cheesy a little bit. Like they have like casting competitions and stuff. But <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. And our coach goes to that. I don't know. I don't think he gets. I don't think he gets much out of it. But I don't know that Father Gill's forty time was a little, bit, <laughs> little bit off. But man, he can live scope with the best of them. That forty time though, I don't know. Might need to take him in the second round. 
<laughs> that's yeah. great so they have a, a combine yeah yeah where's this there's like there's a collegiate fishing combine it, yeah yeah high school combine yeah it's it's, it's wild like a multi-day me. event like it's it's a thing yeah man it's, and they can take like coaches out in the boat and stuff and show them their you know what they know and stuff it's pretty cool but weird to me at the same time. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> so did you guys go to that? Or no. no? You're like, we never I don't went. Skip it. I don't think it was a thing when we were coming. Yeah, I think it's sure. like only three years old, two yeah. years old. Plus wow. it's like all the way down. I think it's in Alabama every year, right? It's at Wheeler, I think. It, I think. So yeah, something like that. It's a ways away. So it never just worked out. But yeah. That's mind blowing to me. Yeah. So Montevi so you ended up settling on Montevideo. Did you guys so you toured the school together? Or Did, were you with separate? I actually never even toured. So I, I never yeah. made it down because I was just working and just it, it never worked out for me to get the time to get so down there. So that. I just so I toured and he kind of trusted my word on it. Yeah. So. Gotcha. You walked onto campus and it just felt right. <laughs> it, it you know? did. And Nick's like, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so how many guys fish for this like school? Because. It's a big deal it's down there. Yeah. There's, right now, last year we were at what seventy two was the number, and there's going to be more. Now. I don't think it was that many. I'm pretty sure it was like, seventy something. I think it's sixty, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's a it lot. Was, Whatever it, a it lot. is, it's a lot. You guys have like your own locker room? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean In kind of. We have a really? boat. We have a boat shed where everyone hangs out. That's where we cool. Store our boats. I would call that the locker room. Dang. Yeah. So they have like their like they give you a place to park your boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is there's better there's what better and better. <laughs> How many stalls is there? Thirty, twenty-eight. Oh, well, we just added on. They put a whole new section in. That new section has like a dozen stalls in it, something like that. And before, yeah, I'd say it's probably in yeah high twenties, thirty somewhere in there. So yeah, if you ever want to talk bass, and there's always someone down there till ten o'clock at night every yeah. single night. So guys gotcha. playing bags and yeah. It's, yeah. So you guys wait till after ten to bring the ladies down and check these boys out. See that? And that's two hundred and fifty ponies on the back of that one. Stall twelve, that yep. one's mine. See this? We're gonna have a pic yeah. you wanna have a picnic on this one or this one? <laughs> Never happened? No? Never no. happens. They're not too impressed, I don't think. What happens in the boat shed stays in the boat shed. <laughs> Got it. There's Got a banner it. right when you walk around. <laughs> that's awesome. So how do you decide? I mean, 72 anglers, how do you guys decide who gets to compete? I feel like, I mean, do kids have to sit on the bench for this sport? Kind of, for our team. Our team has a depth chart. That's a depth kind of, chart? Yeah, based on your finishes, it's average. So, sure, sure. You know, if obviously the big tournaments mean more for the depth chart. If you finish, you know, top five in a 250-boat tournament, you know, you're going to shoot up the depth chart. That's kind of, sure. that's kind of how it works, but... So how, what about when you're just starting there? I mean, you hadn't fished like you guys. So you guys got down when, there. When we first got there, there was less kids on the team. So, it, you know, it was it was kind of easier to get our foot in. But now there's so many kids on the team. Like, you've got to do good your freshman year or else you're not going to fish much. Right. So, Because you guys are going on sophomore or junior now? We're junior. seniors this year. My goodness, yeah. how the time flies. They grow yeah. up so fast. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, so our coach kind of takes care of who goes where. I mean, we can put a word in, and we normally he kind of honors our word, but he kind of goes off the depth chart. Gotcha, gotcha. Hmm. Do you guys have like a with initially? I suppose you guys kind of fish against each other to see who kind of for the initial one, not. or is it just they throw you in a tournament and then you start your depth chart basically? Basically, he just kind of throws you in with the dogs and sees what you yeah. can do. 
it works out kind of nice because like the fall season is kind of like the restart button. I mean, it's the start of our season, like technically on the calendar too. Yep. So like a lot of those tournaments that time of year, it's not like the Bass Masters and the MLFs. It's a lot of like these smaller school sanctioned tournaments. Yep. The Bassmaster so and MLFs are worth more points, so they mean yeah. more towards school year, which is what you know overall our school's going for. So all the ones in the fall mean less. So those are the ones that all the freshmen go to usually. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Speaking of freshmen, is there any like freshman rules that you guys have? Like you have to, anytime you're fishing off the front deck, your pants need to be by your ankles, <laughs> or like, you know, shit like that. Is there any freshman rules? Not really, because yeah, normally freshmen, you know, pair with freshmen. So normally. So you make them both do it. <laughs> you guys, the seniors now, you got to police that shit. That's, That's never existed, but. That's, I think that you guys need to put. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I want to see that. Down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, they're freshmen. It's like, why are they doing that? They're just freshmen. Coach said, I swear. <laughs> so you guys both graduated from Grand Rapids High School. Yep. Was there high school fishing when you guys... Because mm -hmm. I've heard the names before, and uh, it's been cool to see you guys, you know, progress and compete. Now, were, were you guys partners in high school? We were for most of high school. Yeah. Sophomore so, year we paired up. Yep. Gotcha. So it uh it all started pretty much I mean, when was that like eighth grade? We fished little tournaments around the house. We had like a group of buddies where we fished like what we called in house tournaments. In house. Yeah. Okay. It'd be like put your twenty bucks in and then yep. we'd all go out on the home pond, fish for eight hours or sometimes like twelve hours. Sometimes <laughs> we go dark to dark. Yeah. <laughs> Always varied. And then that group of guys, it was actually Ethan's dad, uh, Gordy, he kind of started the whole thing. He like got all of us together and was like, how about we like make a high school fishing team? Cause it was kind of when it was like starting to get on the rise, like sure. Brainerd was getting really big. Some of those cities teams were starting to get big. And yep. Gordy was like, how about we make a team? Went to our high school. Um, they were on board with it. So then we got pretty lucky. Our freshman year is actually when the high school team started at Grand Rapids. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we had, I mean, well, it was like 12 guys. It wasn't, it wasn't much of us, but it was kind of that core group that like always fished and together. Us, yeah, us 12 guys were pretty diehard. And like we were pretty serious yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, I mean, it all just kind of started there. And then sport just kind of, again, it was another one of those good timing things. It was like the sport blew up while we were in it kind of mm -hmm. thing. Like mm -hmm. you could just see it happening. Like the team what we had like 10 12 guys our first year and at the end we had like 20s high 20s or something which mm -hmm. is pretty small for you know right. pretty big for small town grand rapids so for a fishing team yeah we i mean you guys kind of made a and i'm not in with the whole high school fishing thing mm -hmm. per se but grand rapids had a pretty good reputation for catching them um whether it's you guys or uh was it koenig and, oh yeah, and yeah. kobe yeah. yeah all in book yeah so it's cool to see you guys take it to the next level and I'm I'm really curious because we fish we grew up fishing in Minnesota, right? And mm -hmm. then you guys go down to Montevallo. Montevallo. Uh which what lake is that near? What town is that near? Um, I mean it's a really small town, Montevallo itself, but we're like forty five minutes east of Tuscaloosa and then another like forty five minutes from Birmingham. Got and it. then we're like thirty minutes from the Coosa River from Lay. So got it. We're got kind it. of like smack dab in the middle of everything. It's it's a good spot mm -hmm. yeah. for sure. Well, you guys went down. I mean, how what was it like not fishing down south and then going down there? What was that? What was that feeling like for you guys? I mean, because you probably felt like you had a pretty good grip on things up here. I know I've experienced it myself. And then you get down to these lakes that are completely different layout, completely different forage. Um, you name it. What was that like? 
it was eye-opening to me. I never realized how good we really have it here until I went down there. And yeah. I was like, this this is terrible. <laughs> That's, that was my first reaction. Mine and, too. But I just never realized how good we really have it. Like, you know, we're grinding for five bites down there, usually in tournaments. And up here, you, if you don't have five by nine, you're kind of, you're kind of, you're spinning out a little bit. Right. So right. It was right. Definitely really eye-opening. Big learning curve. Yeah. yeah. I mean, once you get your ass handed to you a couple of times, it's like, okay, wow. This, yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's we, the first tournament where that happened to us was Dardanelle the first time we were there. <laughs> was that Over, the first time you were down first, south? No, Fishing we, we were, first it was probably our second or third tournament down south, but it was our first big one. First one that really mattered. Yep. And we had, we caught one fish over two days, I think, yep. you know, like at the bottom and we we're just like, oh my gosh, like what, what are we doing wrong? Like, this is, this is awful. And that's, that's kind of where we're like, all right, like, what do we need to do different? And you know, what do we need to, what do we need to do to be successful down here? Yeah. And what was, uh, so that kind of sparked a fire, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. which some of, some of my worst tournaments do the same thing Mm -hmm. where they just kind of, you're going to do what it takes to try to not feel that way again, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't feel very good when you don't catch them like you want to. Um, so what, what were some things you guys did to adjust then? Or what, what were some things that were super helpful? Because there's a lot of people up here who probably have struggled down there or had some success, but, uh, was Mm -hmm that fire and then where did you take you know the fire into the cave to to see the path um i think i just looked at it and was like okay like how did i fish different down here and then i kind of came to realize like i fished how you're supposed to fish at darnell like not my style i kind of changed myself to try to fish how you're supposed to at darnell would you agree Mm -hmm. yeah we just like weren't comfortable yeah we were stuck in our ways that's like the biggest thing is just like like we did all this research and stuff and we're like okay this is how they normally catch my darnell this is what we need to do to win got it like we were like not fishing how we normally fish which is Mm -hmm. in my in my mind the wrong way to do it i think there's there's a lot to be said about that and i'm just really i'm kind of like impressed that that was the answer because a lot of people think that it's because they're fishing too much the way but okay so there's this dardanelle deal which was probably top water and like a white jig or mm-hmm. you know stuff like that jig, yep. shallow yep uh so what's your guys's kind of strengths then how do you guys get it done what's your style then it's funny it you say that because when we know? did terrible at dardanelle that's exactly what we tried to do is the shallow stuff and yep. the next year we're like all right we're gonna be ourselves and we actually caught them offshore and i think we top 10 it mm-hmm. so that's you know just we're, we're gonna do it our way and you know we're gonna make it work and is that a commitment deal for you guys? Like you commit, like in your opinion, committing to that, or do you always feel no, we, like you need to check? No, we keep it all honest. Yeah, but you know, yeah. I think it just boils down to covering a bunch of water, getting a clue early, and then you know, running with that clue. Yeah, yeah. Not That's going cool. in with any preconceived notions is right the biggest thing. Right. Almost, it's almost like not committing to anything is like the exactly. big thing. Like you just can't get stuck in like, like that's what we were doing. Like our first ever college tournament, zero. Then we went to Dardanelle, yep. caught one. And then we went to Big Bass Bash. And I think you caught your one. The yep. one big small month, that was it. Yep. Like just terrible and like just stuck in our ways. Like you said, just reading things. Okay, that's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. And then like you said, just getting comfy and just not feeling confined to anything. What anyone said to any notion that you have, not saying don't trust your gut obviously that's the big thing there it's like that fine line of like 
trust your gut, but don't think like I have to do this because someone said that or because um, Steve Kennedy was flipping this white jig back in 2018. Oh, the bushes are high. I got to go do it. You know, just don't get stuck in a rut. That was like the biggest thing it felt like for us is just kind of just being open always anywhere, never getting stuck in that history or stuck in a rut, you know, treat every day like a new day. That's a, that's a, about the best advice I've ever heard, but I think it's really hard to do because mm-hmm. I, there's two sides of it, right? You've got Jason Christie full commit mm-hmm. to a spinner buggy. I don't care if it's sunny and calm. I'd only need five bites on this yeah. mother mother sucker or whatever. Um, I don't know how he does that. That's complete opposite of my style. But, so you, know, you're, you that, want to be offshore and you want to be able to kind of adapt openly to what's going on. I don't even need to be offshore. I just... Sure. You know, just if I have an idea, I'm going to go try it. If that don't work, I have another idea. I'm going to go try that. And I'm just going to buzz all over the place. So I figure something out. I like that. That's my style. I would say I was going to ask you pretty similar. You're similar. Yeah. I, th- I thought you were the slow, methodical type of guy. I am slow and methodical, but I might do it in 20 different places. You know? See, that's me. That's exactly me. I, um, I fish slow, fast. That's me. So I grew up on the horseshoe chain and Doug Petrock taught me this, which is, was the deal out out there and it makes sense if you don't think about it but the idea was to fish as many spots as you can as slow as you can oh yeah you know um so i would say i'm a slow methodical dude but um some tournaments you feel like you need to hit 12 spots some tournaments i feel like we need to hit one to four you know and Mm -hmm. i i don't know the answer besides trying to feel it out and i feel like trusting your guts tough when you have eight hours to think while you're casting all day you know and i think that's where things get a little muddy for everybody especially if you're crazy about it like we are but getting back to you guys down south i mean it's a different world down there and you guys learn to adapt so that meant just keeping an open mind and fishing like the day the weather the moment Mm -hmm. and you guys are graph gurus electronics gurus i've got about Eight million live scope questions for you. I think <laughs> what you run all three brands, mm-hmm. and on the tin boat you got the old Keith Poche measuring stick. That yeah, <laughs> not quite. No. I'm 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 in between. I, I have live scope on my boat. Yeah, yeah, just can't live without it basically. But then I also run birds. So sure. Yeah. So how much is how, how helpful is live scope down south? And I guess I know when I asked you after the tournament. <clears throat> east and i'm like yo you got to teach me some of that live scope stuff he's like that's fine but we have to go to alabama and i was like perfect but i'm getting into that a little bit more why is that why do you need to go to alabama to truly learn live scope it sounds like you guys learned a lot down in alabama and fishing where you guys fished with the old live scope and i guess we ain't in alabama so what's different fish just to spend more down there there's more open water fish down there, and you can learn the behaviors more. Sure, because there's no there's no grass or less grass. So less grass, speed. yep. And they 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 just they're pelagic, so yep. I don't know why it is, but they are. Sure, sure. So how did you guys you guys originally cut your teeth live scoping on Pokegama then? A little or bit, a little bit. bit. Even even out there, they don't suspend like they do down south. Yeah, I mean it. it I don't know. It's tough to say. It almost doesn't play as much up here as it does down there. And and even down there, there's times where you can't get sucked into it. I mean, we mm -hmm. see it at a lot of tournaments where guys are just like, just head down, just, it's like, you know, just staring. And 
I mean, sure, it's it's an amazing tool, but it can also be your worst enemy at the same time kind of thing. It's knowing when to use it and not totally relying on it. It still needs to be, you know, it needs to be just the same as just another rod in the boat. It's just another tool kind of thing. That's how you have to look it's at it. It's a tool, it. not a crutch, right? Yeah. I'm exactly. a firm believer that live scope hurts more tournament fishing than it holds. I'm a firm believer of that. I did not think I'd hear that out of your mouth, but I agree with you 100%. I, yeah. Yeah. I would fully back that as well. I, yeah. You can get lost in that oh, yeah. all day. Yeah. Next see, thing we you see know, an hour's time. gone. We'll yeah. drive by what someone and, you know, we'll drive by them at nine in the morning and then we'll drive back at noon. They're in the same spot just staring and we're like, yeah, they're toast. Like they're done. <laughs> so what's the, pro- like in your guys' finish this year, I guess how many tournaments did LiveScope play for you guys or is it you can use it for a lot of different reasons you don't need to just snipe fish all day but you guys seem to be pretty good at that Uh, at least you i've fished against you i know you're pretty good at that harris we were sniping fish harris Um, chain harris chain here's another one red river we use live scope we use like the winning fish that won us team of the year we live scoped on the red river offshore how (laughs) how deep are we live scoping like for that one was five feet five feet yeah harris Harris, eight to ten. Yeah, that's cool. Cherokee, I mean, we Cherokee just... was more live scope and structure. Yeah, then you you didn't see the fish till you they'd come up into mm-hmm. your bait. They were right. they were way sucked into the rocks. You wouldn't see them until they actually commit to your bait. But you know, it, we were make sure we were on the structure correctly with live scope. That's super cool. Um, so now, are we talking live scope forward or live scope perspective in that five foot? Forward. Forward. We did use perspective a little bit in Harris Chain, fish and mm-hmm. bedfish. Now, I mean, to me, I've seen, yeah, bedfish is perfect for perspective. And the jam. Yeah, so fish. good. Um, we didn't yep. say that. But. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but using that versus forward in shallow water, I feel like using forward in shallow water is a little bit challenging. Alton Jones Jr., I think, won a, a tournament. Is there any tricks that you have for shallow water? Do you do you adjust your setting? What do you all adjust when you're in shallow water for that forward deal? Because I've heard a lot of different theories on it. Like I've heard keep your depth the same so your so your fish look the same size. And I've also heard, you know, expand it out so your picture's bigger. And I've always heard keep the distance the same at like a mm-hmm. hundred. But mm-hmm. do you guys have a, a methodology with that? Usually the shallower I go, the, the less, you know, how do I describe it? Like, I don't have the full picture when I'm in like five feet of water. I have the bottom about halfway up the screen uh-huh. and that keeps it less fuzzy for me. And you can just see everything clearly. I don't know why that is. And it, everything's not stretched. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. 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 hundred percent. That's how I always have it set, especially when I'm super shallow. So that's kind of a general rule of thumb for you. you kind of cut the screen into a half or a third. Usually. Yep. So it's less pixelated. Yep. I, I can't stand it when it's like that. I need, even if it, I'm looking at a tiny section of the screen, I need it as clear as possible. Sure. You same way? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, never, that's the other thing too is like not getting locked into settings there because it seems like you get a different read every single lake you're at, whether it's like sediment in the water or, you know. That's another thing we've noticed Clear too, water, is... dark water, there's always a difference with gain. Everything is totally different. So and it's one thing that you can't just like put it in and be like, oh, the image sucks, man. Like whatever. You got to sit there and... said 69% gain. I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah. there's, what we've noticed is there's no two live scopes that are the same. Really? Like I could jump into your boat and I'd be like, what is this? I don't know what I'm looking at. And you might have the same settings to me. It's just everyone's looks different. Mm-hmm. I, to me, that's wiring. It's got to be wiring. It could be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clean sure power versus like, you know, 
run through a switch yeah. or it, it, it probably is, is. Yeah. you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah interesting that, yeah do you, do you typically so you take the fuzz out of your screen the best i can gotcha so you don't like fuzz Mm-mm. so you don't turn your gain way 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 up because i've heard like i've watched i think i watched a podcast where josh jones was talking or something and he turns the gain up as high as he can so he doesn't miss a dang thing he doesn't care about the detail but i guess i am a little bit like that like noise reduction and stuff i'll always leave that off yeah like i'm not gonna filter stuff off even if i have a little bit of grain i'm not you know got it so it's even if it's like your filter adjustment and you keep all that other shit off off yeah got it that's the last thing i want to do is filter stuff out even if i have a little clutter right 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 it could be a little ball of herring that you miss exactly can't miss that. They're fast. Mm-hmm. They're fast. Um, and color palette. I mean, is there something to color palette in your guys' opinion? Or I mean, I hate <clears throat> blue. Okay, I hate is it just for live scope or side imaging too? I like blue side imaging. Me too. I yeah. hated live scope. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I mean. I'm an amber guy, like just live and die by that with scope. Okay. I'm, yep. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't like blue. I've messed with some of them, and I don't know. There's just something about the amber to me that I just keep going back to it. No lava. No lava setting. I run rusted steel on mine. Rusted steel. See, I'm at the lava right now between the steel and the, mm-hmm. and the amber. But I just you can see I fish s- go to blue, but like anything other than that, I just I don't see detail good in blue in my eyes. That makes sense. Everybody's eyes are different, and that color deal seems to be uh, an eye preference deal. Mm-hmm. I have so many live scope questions for you boys, so I'll try to them space coming. them out. <laughs> you know, I'll try to space them out a little bit. Um, as far as like deciphering what, how big a fish is or how active a fish is, I feel like down south you get that opportunity to really interact with a group of fish maybe a mm-hmm. little bit better than we do because they'll swim in the weeds or you know mm-hmm. whatnot um what do you typically look for to figure out a what type of if it's a bass or not and b how do you you can typically see if it's active if it's there's bait above it and they're pushing bait obviously mm-hmm. but is there a is there a time where you'll find bass and you won't even cast at them because they ain't gonna bite on Our your well, live scope on herring lakes yeah if they're mm-hmm. not sitting on top of the pile correctly you just pull a troller and move crazy yeah it's mm-hmm. I, I mean gosh, it's tough to say that's really the only thing that i can really think of that's the only yeah, thing where like you just, the herring stuff yeah. big time otherwise i mean there's sometimes where it's like that's ginormous that's a striper most of the time i mean it it, it all just depends on the lake where sometimes it's like you know it, like lay loaded with stripers if you see a giant blob out in the middle of the channel it's like well don't waste your time kind of thing yeah, but yeah. there's a time and a place to it definitely you guys caught him pretty good on Hartwell, if I remember right, right when we were down there. So I couldn't even talk to you guys about what was going on or anything because I couldn't get any information. But mm-hmm. I could check the results, and I saw you guys fared pretty good. You had a nice largemouth bite. Mm-hmm. Um, cane piles? Were you guys doing the cane pile deal? We were actually fishing ditches. Yeah? Cool. How deep are ditches? Like, real deep? 15 all the way to 40, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's clay or? Most of the ones we were fishing had pretty hard bottom out. Yeah. They were yeah. Harder bottom mm-hmm. ditches. But we had two different ditches that had actually like giant wolf packs, a giant largemouth in them, just cruising around. And he caught one the day before, like at what, four and a half? Something like that. Yeah. And the other one, like the other ditch that we had that had largemouth, we just saw him and left him there. And that's actually where we got the big largemouth on the day of the tournament. But 
we had ditches and then we had a couple spots where they were schooling. That's where we got most of our big spots. Man, that is a that is a really fun but really frustrating lake. Oh my gosh. I mean <laughs> It's my favorite lake, but the last two times I've it's been my least favorite, but it's still my favorite. I still yeah. love that place. I mean, we had a great practice going into that one and it just You were fizzled. you were shallow, right? Yeah, we had a good shallow largemouth program going. Uh, we didn't get many spots in practice, but the first time we went down there, we qualified for nationals in 2019, and we went spotted, spotted bass fishing, or tried to. Uh, that whole tournament, and the top three teams that ended up fishing against each other to go to the Classic, they were all fishing largemouth, and it was like they were fishing a whole different tournament than us. I think third had like 22 pounds a day, 20 pounds a day first place had 26 pounds day two after 22 pounds day one and we all felt like we were like fishing for 13 14 pounds out here like Mm -hmm. what are we we just drove all the way down here to uh you know bunt (laughs) on our first at bat like that's how we felt so let this past year we're like we ain't bunting this year we ain't walking we're swinging and we're swinging for the fence so you know uh, that's how I got one last time we were down there. The weather was different, so I think things were a little behind. Um, but we had a good deal going, but we needed inclement weather and a morning window, and we got neither. So Fog delay, right? Fog delay killed the morning window, and uh, just kind of post front and calm after that, which I don't, I don't think them fish we were catching really enjoy that very much. <laughs> so do you think they were still there and just not biting, or you think they 100%. They're still there. I think they're still there or moved out, chilling near there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll show you boys some shit when we're done. I mean, maybe you'll make something of it because you got probably another tournament down there before you're done. Two more. At least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fishing's forever, Nick. <laughs> fishing's forever. It's not hockey. It's not It's not like hockey where it ends. Good till you're nine. You can be hit fishing a Hartwell in 2087. Just some old... <laughs> Yeah, you have a robot with you, like telling you where to cast. <laughs> a caddy. Yeah, forty degrees left. Thanks, <laughs> Helen. Yeah, it's coming. You boys just wait. You guys will be me talking about back in your day before you know it. Oh yeah. So, I mean, them boys are good down there. Is it like talk to me about your competition and like what that's like? Because how many boats are on these lakes? The Bassmaster events are 250. The MLF ones are sometimes more. Yeah, competition's definitely stout. It's, I mean, that's the hardest part, yeah, is not getting sucked into who you're competing against while you're down there, you know? Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of sticks. Those guys, the bass world is just different down there, definitely, you know? Those mm-hmm. guys, like, everyone, it seems like everyone has a bass boat, or it's, like, up here, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know? But, like, down there, it's... It's a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's no question. Like, you have a car, you have a van, and you have a bass boat. It's like, that's just how a family works down there kind of thing. So it definitely is different. I mean, those guys just grew up on it, you know, um, in that. Thank you. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's 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 that's part of the learning curve, yeah, is competing against those guys. We've got our heinies handed to us many a time by those guys. Oh, oh, it's yeah. What's living in the south like? compared to living in the north is that just different a little different it is yeah i i enjoy it i mean i at first it took a little bit to get used to it there's a little bit of culture shock there most definitely yeah um it's been confirmed 
Aliens from another planet have landed on Earth. Sources say there's been two confirmed landing points for these extraterrestrial beings. One being Japan, and also, unexpectedly, in Minnesota at Waypoint Angler Supply, a local tackle shop on Lake Minnetonka. With the ever-expanding universe, it's no surprise that there are other planets out there that also share our love for the sport of bass fishing. And to Earth's surprise, this latest visit came from extraterrestrial fishermen light years away and many innovations ahead when it comes to fishing equipment. Some hypothesize these beings came from the planet of Naboo, matching up with Mayan folklore dating back thousands of years with fishing equipment ahead of their time. It has been confirmed they left things never seen before by an Earth-born bass. Waypoint Angler Supply is the premier space station in the bass galaxy and has tackle that could previously only be found in Japan or the planet of Naboo. The Waypoint ship is full, but we don't know when the astronauts from Naboo will be back. So hurry in to Waypoint Angler Supply today and stock up on that Area 51 Planet of Naboo JDM good good before your buddy is whooping that sweet ass of yours. Stop into their store on Lake Minnetonka or visit their website waypointanglersupply.com. That's waypointanglersupply.com. Use the code GALAXY20 to save 20%. On your next tackle binge. Aliens are real. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by just north of Memphis Barbecue. This is world champion barbecue. If you smoke meat and you don't like good barbecue, I do not know what to tell you right now besides you need to try some of this stuff. They've got their rub. They've got their sauces right on their website. They've got their famous dry rub award winning seasoning that you could put on ribs brisket pulled pork chicken wings anything you like to put on the smoker on the oven on the grill any meat you like to cook you need some of this dry rub seasoning in your life but don't forget the sauce because that's award-winning world champion sauce here no matter what flavor you like they've got three different sauces and they are all good you can drink them straight out the bottle we've got sweet christies for all you sweet loving barbecue folk we've got christies mischief for all you spicy bass anglers out there and then we've got christies gold and they'll sell all three of them in a combo but you need to go to their website right now it's jnomemphis.com that's jnomemphis.com dry rub sauce barbecue let's go um but it's good i mean everyone we you know we got called some damn yankees a couple times but but we slowly transitioned right. in and i mean every, everyone's been awesome they've accepted us with open arms and i mean it's mm -hmm. it's good i enjoy it getting away from the cold being down there and then coming back home when fishing's just starting to get good and we finally get rid of our ice it's it's been a good setup, yeah. You didn't put a Confederate flag over the MN sticker? Kind of like <laughs> block in a little bit We didn't bit even better. think about that. That would have been know. smart. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Walking in there looking like General Custer. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> how are the women down there? Like, are we, uh, how are the Minnesota girls versus Alabama girls? Are we talking? 
It's different. Some talent down there. <laughs> a little bit thinner. There's thinner some talent. talent pool. There's some talent. Up here we got we got Kirk Cousins and they got they got Tom Brady down there. <laughs> gotcha. So there's some Alabama peaches, is what you're telling me. Peaches. That's good. Even in that small town stuff, like you got choices. Well, I uh, figured you guys were starting to like ask each other out maybe or something. <laughs> I don't know. There's plenty of that going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's slim pickings. Asking each but... other out. <laughs> no, slim pickings. So you got bit. so you have to fight like four men, but they're beautiful once you if you, yeah. if you survive through that. It's like Spartacus. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Right on. You got to work on Dad's farm for like three years before you take her to dinner. <laughs> So is there like frats and shit at this college? You guys got like the fraternities and the sororities? There's a couple, There's, but it's, it's not. It's I mean, not. How many, how many frats do we have? Like two, I think, or three. Yeah. So it's not. It's cool. no Bama. and it's no. nothing serious. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like cool to be in a frat. No, yeah. no. Sorry, no offense to the frat boys out there. <laughs> frat boys. Uh, <laughs> that's cool though. Um, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It's not your Our, typical college. You if know. if we weren't there for fishing, it's not the school we'd be at. I'd co-ed be. dorms? You have co-ed dorms or all men's dorms? There I is a there is a couple, like one, one or, or two, two, yeah, maybe. So it's like our freshman year were all men's dorms. We were kind of where all the sports guys live. All yeah, the people are in sports. It's all then. football jocks, lax jocks, lax. Oh, baseball, big lax school. Yeah. I gotcha. Lax yeah. and baseball. Yep. Mm. Well, women shouldn't have been too hard then. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball guys can't read, so you guys are totally fine. <laughs> so, team of the year, then. That's like a huge feat. You guys get paid for that, or school gets paid? In a boat, or I mean, anything cool? There's a little bit that comes with it. Um, some prize stuff, and yeah, a little bit of prize money. But The main thing that comes with it is we qualify for the college bracket. Yeah. The classic bracket. Yeah, that's that's what we all want to. That, that's, that's what the, that's what the that's what the college field is trying to get to is the classic yeah. bracket. That's the golden goblin right mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Okay, so this classic bracket, you guys could have placed worse and still qualified for that, right? Or we didn't have much room for error after our first day at Red. But you guys had team of the year. So how does how does that college bracket work then? So it's it's head to head. Me and Nick will be split up. And it's there's eight kids. It's team of the year, and then top three at the national championship, which is at Pickwick, Got will be it. the next three teams. So Got the next it. six kids, and that'll be the classic bracket field. Cool. One v one style until yeah, eight it's head to, to head. four. So so it's like and it's it's live stuff. on Bassmaster Live. So we're pretty excited about that to be on Heck Bass yeah. Live. Yeah. yeah, I'll be rooting for you boys. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah, I don't have a TV, but it'll be on my computer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not announced where it's at yet. I think they announced it at the national championship. So, okay. Do you know the dates? It's either the second or third weekend of September, I think. That's just kind of what we've heard. It's That's what it's all rumors. Oh, Sometimes September is what we've heard. Yeah. So. You heard that, Minnesota? Let's watch the cheers <laughs> boys on end of September, baby. Let's go, Father Gill and Dumkey. So, in a perfect <laughs> world, it'd be me and him. Do you guys have like classics. a team name? <laughs> <laughs> guys like Shake and Bake or Magic we Man and El Diablo. <laughs> That's, we should come up with something. Yeah, something. you guys need like a team name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you guys have like a roll into the roll into the landing song before the derby? Is that like you guys tradition? It always varies. It's 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 different every tournament. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Some hood shit or like some we, country or we trap out every once in a while. I like it. I like it. <laughs> we yep. uh Brass Monkey was one for a little <laughs> that, while that okay. we had going. But that Freshman was that year. was the one we played at Darden and we did yeah. terrible, so we gotta yeah, we gotta that cut one's that. Got, yeah, well no, we haven't listened to it in a while, so. so yeah, we didn't no. Brass monkey's out the door, but it varies. It varies. So you mix it up. Open yeah. mind. Yeah. It's good. Exactly. It's good. You don't want to be too locked into one thing. No, no. Exactly. Just because Steve Kennedy won on a white swim jig doesn't mean doesn't mean we have to. Doesn't mean we have to. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how you swim a three quarter ounce white jig either. Only he can do that. <laughs> it's yeah. like plowing a field. <laughs> <laughs> Just tearing down the bushes that he's fishing. <laughs> Making the mud trails in Darnell. Um so back to the live scoping stuff down south while we're jumping around yeah. everywhere we want. Um you can tell if they're active. Are you guys able to tell the size of the fish you're looking at to see if it's worth it? Because if a guy gets live scope right away, you guys could probably agree, oh, my God, that's a big one. It's like a crappie, yep. right? Yep. I mean, we saw examples, Harris Chain. There was a giant mark on the weed line in, like, 12 feet. And I cast that a couple times and just the way it reacted in my jerk bait, I just knew it was a bass. And it was, like, one of the biggest markets I'd ever seen. And it... It came up three different times. I'm just like, gosh, what can I throw? And he put on a different color jerkbait. First cast was his PB 10-pounder. So that was like pretty – it was super cool. One of my best live scope moments. Just because I, I could tell it was a bass. Just That's a good partner right there. <laughs> One of his best live scope moments was you catching his live scope 10-pounder. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> No, that's sick, though. No, he did it as I was tying on another jerkbait, so there's a little bit of beef there, but it's it's fine. <laughs> Got it. I still grabbed it for him. Stored so. it. <laughs> but that fish was unbelievable. Never realized how big a 10-pounder really is. Dude, they're Massive. different builds down yeah. there. I've yeah. never caught one, but I caught nine and a quarter a couple of years back, and they're, yeah, they're fun. Um, so you mentioned something with that, and is that kind of – how you tell it's a bass if you're not sure is how it reacts to your bait, right? Because bass are a little bit curious and they're mm -hmm. a little bit like territorial, especially a big one. So mm -hmm. if it kind of pays attention to your jerk bait, if it's one that big, you know, versus a catfish or a carp, probably ain't gonna even pay attention to a jerk bait, right? Yeah, I mean, a catfish normally, if if it's gonna give you any attention, it's gonna it's slow nose up, and a bass, you know, he's gonna whip around, he's at least gonna look at it. Sure. So, sure. You can definitely tell most of the time. So basically, you're just trying to, if you're trying to locate a bass and make sure it's a bass, you're trying to get it to move. You're trying to get it to yeah, yeah. basically move from your bait. Usually, the way it moves, it. you can tell if it's a bass or not. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Can you see the tail on the, on the screen or like, that one? You could. That <laughs> one. So if there's tails, like it's a good. Yeah. We need to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's almost one of those things that's like hard to explain. It's almost like you just it's need just, to like go do it and just like see it a couple times. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's just like, it just clicks where it's like, okay, like, um, Lake of the Ozarks. That was one mm -hmm. where it was like, like, we had never seen carp on live scope. Cause you know, like being from up here, it's like, you know, or right. at least Northern Minnesota, like there's no carp down here. Yeah. yeah. So up there, there's nothing. So, you know, you're not used to it. And it was one of those things where at first it was like, oh my gosh, what are these things doing? And then it was like, immediately it was like, all right, something's up. These things just aren't acting right. Just kind of weird. And then eventually we saw them and that was just kind of another eye opening time to where it's like, it's just, it's just different everywhere. It's just something that you have to just go, I don't know, just get on the water, see it. And then it's like, just clicks where it's like, okay, yeah, that's that. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. How, what's the longest you've spent? 
scoping a fish trying to make a bite before you like made a bite because that's kind of hard to do is follow a fish like, mm-hmm. you'll hear saw uh stories about like taku like mm-hmm. following around this school of bass for four days yeah. like mm-hmm. pl- trying to pluck them off and to me that i don't come from pokegama or a place like that a structure very structure fisherman mm-hmm. so that to me seems so hard have you guys experienced that I guess that just goes back to my fast type of style. You know, I'm going to make a couple casts. If he doesn't react right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave and I'm going to come back. I'm going to make a mental note and I'll be back in a couple hours to try again on that fish. Interesting. So you don't think that fish is going to move that far? You're able to refine that fish in it, a couple it, hours? Like, you know, it depends if he's hovering over a basin or if he's, you know, next to a stump or something. He's on a brush pile. It's a different yeah, story. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Is it, uh, are fish starting to get like you hear it and I've talked to you about this a little bit but do you think it's going to come full circle ever or are you already starting to see it on like some of them high pressure southern fisheries where if you get too close to them with live scope you can't catch them is there a distance factor and kind of how you have to throw at them and are they getting wise to it in my eyes it's it's the boat more than live scope. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I would hundred percent agree with that. That's the, the really only interesting. The only place where I can confirm that they're spooking from live scope is Hartwell. That's the mm-hmm. only place where I'm like dead set that it's live scope that's spooking them. Nowhere else I've seen where I'm like it's live scope that's scooping the bass, spooking them. I've sure. never. Why? Why do you think it's the boat and not live scope? I mean, in my makes sense, but yeah, I mean. When you listen to like the clicking of live scope, it really isn't that much different from SI, in my opinion. When you think of just like hearing your SI or like when you like pull up your troller, you know, and you have like your built-in clicking, you can just like hear it, you know. Sonar, like it's 2D. really yeah, like it's really not that different. That's kind of my view on it. Kind of is, and I mean, think about it too. Like they have a million props flying over their oh, heads. Totally. There's stuff going on all the time. They've been listening to 2D now for you know 40, 50 years, however long it's been around. It's kind of that's kind of the way I view it personally myself and sure sure I don't know same same way same way the only fish that spook from live scope all the time is carp mm-hmm. carp hate live scope noted and see like I've seen it on Malax with let's look at just 2d and this could be the boat for sure right and that's where it's hard but you used to be able to drop on fish on Malax and then you had to pitch to them and now it seems like you have to cast to them. Um, and I think about those fish, that ping, right? Mm-hmm. But what if that ping is continuous on that fish? Yeah, yeah. And it's following you around no matter <laughs> where you go. Just like You're freaking just out. Like, like... I can't escape this, this <laughs> ping. Like, Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That That's where I'm curious is because it used to be just a ping, but to follow a fish around with it under you, versus follow a fish around like i can stay in one spot there you go you're going that way you're going that way that's where it makes me question it but i don't know you have guys say they like on hartwell and shit that you have to is if you're closer than 60 50 60 foot you can't make them bite and i've heard that on old brush pile people mostly yep. uh brush pile fishing so i mean I'm it's curious weird. like they're getting scoped all day and down south mm-hmm. on them ledges and stuff. Like, yeah. We always do our best to stay as far away as possible. We, it's something we always try to do. It's just something 
just best practice. Try, try to, yeah, yeah, best practice. Try to get us at least one more bite during the day. That's something we've always done. I don't know. If... Well, you see all these new lures coming out and stuff for the live scope, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like one thing I'd, I'd like to learn to do a little bit better is is use the live scope as a tool to give me feedback on, on how they're reacting to a certain bait. Um, and to me, that's the real magic with it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there... Is there like an experience you've had playing with different lures where it seems like a fast fall or a slow fall, right? Faster or slower, bigger or smaller, brighter, dark, you know? I know there's I mean, been so, so many, many yeah. right? I mean, we fish how many? We fish all the time, right? But, yeah. you know, like for people who don't know, like maybe there's certain baits that are better for forward facing than aren't. Mm-hmm. And there's certain baits that are better than others and i guess have you guys found a little set of confidence lures that you can rotate through those fish without giving the the whole beans you i know? guess no. i guess my biggest example is a jerk bait you know we can all agree that jerk bait's one of the biggest forward facing sonar baits and nick has it really dialed in on like how much color matters sure like i'll be working a fish and if he doesn't bite like first cast he's already in his taco box like rigging something else up like you know, I'll have like a kind of clear one. He'll have a clear, like pink belly one, like just something to trigger that fish. Like something a little different. That's something Nick's really good at is trying to like extra dial it in. Well, that seems like another thing. Sound too with a jerk bait. Yeah. That's a that's, massive thing. That's our first thing that we do is before color is sound, sound. Sound before color. Like a, like a jackal rearrange is really loud jerk bait. Yeah. And then like a shadow wrap's dead quiet. Right. Right. And you know, well, we do sound before we do color. That's a cool tidbit. Even before size? I would say even before size. We knew I size think. before we got to the lake to you. <laughs> <laughs> but sound is definitely big deal. Mm-hmm. I personally think, like, I don't know. I like If we're talking like a crankbait, and you're asking me if I want a silent one or a loud one, I will pick up the silent one every single time. However, have you found that they want sound? When when do you guys think they want sound more than not want sound? Is there you you guys have done this long enough to have a little bit of a data set here? <laughs> I mean, it's so day to day. Yeah, it just takes experimenting every day. The only times where I can think of where it really stood out is like dirtier stuff, like Dardanelle, and then like yeah. Sag Bay when it was blowing that time. We were throwing about, the rearrange. How about James and, River though? The square yeah. ball you were throwing versus one I was throwing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's he went like seven to one on me on a silent one. I was throwing one with rattles, a square bill. I mean, silent square bill. I mean, I, I I hardly own any with rattles. I think rattles are good in cold water with the square bill, or else I think really. You think about it, the the trebles and the split rings make rattles. Oh yeah, in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think them fish, them square bill fish. I think hear a lot of rattles, so I yeah. think they like a little less rattle, more deflection and vibration. But I got more questions than answers. I'm no Kevin Short with a square bills, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Far from it. So, mm-hmm. hmm. so jerk bait. That's is that kind of like the first thing on your deck that you throw at a bass on forward facing sonar? Depends where we're at. Okay, down south. Depends where we're at. <laughs> Like Coosa River, no. Yeah. Time of year, yeah. yeah. Coosa River, no. Gunnersville, probably yes. Yeah. You know, I don't have a lot of confidence in a jerk bait if the water's not cold. So I, I'm always curious. 
cadence big thing too yeah. yeah you just work it faster typically but i've heard largemouth like a really long pause down south with a big old jerk bait so i don't know yeah interesting it's just i mean pause over brush pile for like longer than anybody else would type of thing i've heard that mm-hmm. that can be really good but hmm. that's got to be weird fishing like What's your what's your guys' favorite lake to fish down south? That's probably the best question. What's the most fun? What's the most fun lake to fish down there? Hartwell. Yeah. Hartwell? Mm-hmm. Why? Even though it's I burned mean, us the last two times, I, like, I still it's love fun. that place. Oh, it's so Especially much fun. Especially in the winter. I bet it's fun when it... I was hoping it'd be colder both times we were down. It was nice out. When was they're like, not like hard on the herring deal, it's like by far the best lake in the country. I think it's fun down no, there. No, it's so yeah. much fun. It's a such a riot. and it's a it's a bite getting lake too like you go to lay, lay lake you know five bites it's a pretty decent day heart well you know 50 bites is not uncommon how many spotted bass bites did you guys get that tournament you fished um was that the ditch one that you, the one that yeah. the, the schooling one i mean we didn't totally like catch them off the wall that tournament that one no. was once we got around the schoolers a little the bit. The deal on that one, they're, they're schooling on such small bait, like literally like one-inch minnows. Baby, baby yeah. shad. So that's why they were so hard to catch that tournament. But like. I'll be right back. I'm going to show you something wild. <laughs> Dude, that small bait thing's real. Keep our headphones on. But yeah. Like, that small bait thing is so real. I mean, I have all of these. little baits like little tiny 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 shad i mean and when we got beat down there the first time it was little baby shad in the back of a creek so i was like going down there ready to fish dirty water largemouth with six pound test and a little ass shad bait you know it's um but like it's weird how you so how did you guys target those fish that were keying in on that that small a bait because that to me is there's a lot of guys really frustrated at all the big fish that were around them that they couldn't make bite because they didn't have a lure small enough mm-hmm. to try and mimic that that stuff. Or did you guys go just eight inch mag draft on them? No, I think our best play was three inch Kitech, right? Yep, three inch Kitech mm-hmm. on the eighth ounce head, I think. When there's that much bait, do you guys feel like matching it's better, or do you guys go the other direction? I think we tend to match it more, don't mm-hmm. we? Yeah, especially. I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of a like a personal, I don't know, more of a confidence kind of yeah. devoted confidence kind of thing where it's like matching it, at least to me, like on a pressured place like that where they see a million different things. And I mean, even though it like looks the same, I'm sure it does stand out in some way. At least that's kind of the way that I try to think about it. Like, sure. you sure. know, the Kitech looks like that tiny little shad, but it's still going to stand out. It's not exactly, you know, it's going to probably going to feel different to them, look different to them right. in some little way. It's a little bit bigger. It's yeah. a little bit brighter. Just to make it stand yeah. out just enough kind of a thing. Sure. Who knows, but. Love spotted bass. They're <laughs> fun, aren't they? Them. What's, they're, they're frustrating though. I don't, they're not, are they, they're like a smallmouth, but they're not. Yeah. They're the perfect cross between largemouth and smallmouth. Yeah. What, so like, what's their, what's their nuances? What's their tendencies that's different than a smallmouth in your opinion? I think they're so fun to catch. I think they, a smallmouth usually doesn't hang structure like super tight, but a, a spot is even less than a smallmouth. They roam a lot. 
mm-hmm. in my mind. Gypsies. Like a largemouth in my in my mind, he's always kind of structure. Yeah, he's small. Home. Yeah, yeah. smallmouth kind of roaming. Spots are just wherever the food is, pretty much in my eyes. You see them largemouth act in more like spots on them herring lakes, I think, because yeah. you. I watched this crazy webinar. You guys herring lakes are the just same different. one on on herring lakes. You ever watch that webinar on the guy talking about herring movements? It's a great one. You guys should check it out. Yeah, how it does uh, that that middle-aged largemouth, that teenager largemouth, mm-hmm. becomes nomadic on those herring lakes, and the old ones are still in the backs of the creeks with the little babies, but them them three- and four-pounders, you know, they, they become nomadic with the herring because they're young, and yeah. strapping young lads, and, you know. <laughs> Can't argue that. I mean, like, all of, like, the three- to four-and-a-half, five-pound largemouth that we've got on her will have all been spot fishing. Like or spot fishing, you know, areas yeah. where we're like where you'd think that there's spots. That's one thing that's kind of, I I don't know. Seems like we're starting to kind of crack the door open a little bit on that. We're not we're not dialed on that by any means quite yet to what those guys, you know, those right. true herring hammers have it. But it is interesting to see the past couple of years, like to to realize like wow, there are a lot of largemouth down there that <laughs> act lot. just like spots. Like it's 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 wild. And there's a time in the like there's a time of year where it seems like that doesn't go down, and it's when they're on herring less, and that seems to be when you can catch them really big largemouth bags away from the, the herring stuff typically. But I don't know. So Hartwell's your favorite. What's your favorite? I would probably say Hartwell. And oh shit! Yeah, it's that place is like just oh. It's got my heart, man. You literally live scoped so... a ten pounder on a jerk. Well on. <laughs> On the Harris chain, yeah. and you didn't pick that one. Why not? That's definitely that top. sounds epic. <laughs> That's a top three. That's like top three. my top three would be Hartwell, Gunnersville, and Harris chain. Well, so, you fish fast from the sounds of it, faster than me. Mm-hmm. So you probably don't like Florida that much. No, I like Florida. <laughs> you gotta slow down in Florida. It seems like. Do you notice that or not so much? We, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we've had a couple derbs where it's. I don't know. We've kind of had both. Like that first, our first tournament that we finally uh, had a good showing there was burning stuff, burn a plug, hit a bunch of spots. Yeah, huh. like, like we caught. I think we caught two off shell, two in brush piles, and one flipping. Like we were running all over the place, just covering water. KVD in that shit. I like and it. Had yeah. twenty two pounds. Got fourth, I think. Jesus. Mm-hmm. But then we've had tournaments where we had to slow way down, like Harris Chain and Toho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about a place where a kicker goes a long oh, yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a crazy. long way. You don't yeah. see many guys win with cookie cutters yeah. uh, in no. Florida. It that, was us, always... that was us on Toho. Like, we had, what, 12 pounds? And then you cut that six and a half, and we're just like, well, all, <laughs> all of a sudden, just like that, we're in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally like, like here we go. One yeah. swing of the bat in Florida is a big deal. Yep. <laughs> so what's your favorite lake up here? Oh, yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it is tough. It's a lot harder up here. Yeah. There's so many. Oh, man. You know what I mean? I I would guess it, but I'm going to wait for you, and I'll let you know if I was right or not. Leech. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a liar. It's not your favorite. Is it? it? I think it is, yeah. Actually. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I was going to guess Pokegama or Vermilion. No. Me and my dad were just talking about this, and Pokegama wasn't on my top five in Pokegama, or in Minnesota, and he was really surprised at me. 
Yeah, he probably looked at you and wanted to. He slap looked at me a little cross-eyed. I didn't yeah. raise you that way, boy. That's Pokegma. That's what, man. I conceived you on that list. I, I did one through four, and then he was like, fifth, got to be Pokegma. That's where you were made, boy. Hmm. I guess I just like seeing new water. You just get. I I get that. I get that. I say I, horseshoe chain's not in my, not my favorite, but. Did you say yours already? I did not. Um, gosh, it's so tough for me to choose. Like, I love Malax, although it's kind of bandwagon. Just love that place. We just it's have a so lot fun. of good memories out there. It's yeah, so it's fun. so much fun. Um, oh man, I mean, Pokey has a soft spot in me. Definitely, just growing up there, that's kind of where we, at least, cut my teeth. You know, bass fishing, kind of a place that's mm-hmm. always got a soft spot for me. Plus, it's obviously a great fishery, so. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I have one specific one. Love leech, love tonka, love the whitefish chain. There's a few little sneaky lakes back home that you know are some good ones too. But you can just write those on a piece of paper and yeah, I'll just, you know put them in the mailbox right yeah, back here yeah. in the suggestion box. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. A lot of the big names, just I, yeah, I, lo- I like those ones a lot. It's kind of a bandwagon answer, but no, you you're know, good. Those are. It's your turn now. My turn. Um, Leech. No. (laughs) Copycat. No. Pelican up by Orr is my favorite lake in Minnesota for sure. Pelican by Niswaz. That's another one I forgot about. Love that place. Love that Awesome lake. Gross. Yeah. That's. The one by Niswa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that pond. Is that the one with Breezy Point on it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because of the tail. (laughs) Not because a bassin's any good. Or is it good? You guys whale on them out there? I think the tournament weights would be better if it's that good a lake. I mean, tournament weights are just okay unless the smallies are on beds. Yeah. Just the way that place sets up, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just it's, fun. There's I just, something about yeah. it. Yeah. I've never fished it, so I can't talk. Yeah. It's yeah. Like when people ask if I'm gay, I'm like, I don't know. I've never tried it. You know? <laughs> to me, it sets up. Can't talk shit. It's, it's a lot like Tonka. <laughs> In my eyes. Yeah. Ugh. I don't yeah. mind Tonka. I'm about to spend some time out there, so I got to yeah, start Yeah, when do you head out? At it. Uh, get out there Thursday. Blackfish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. What's what's that tournament like? It seems like... It's fun. It I mean, seems like it's really hard to do well in that tournament. It is. We, uh, we've we had... We've never done really well, but I think we have like a sixth and a seventh. I'd, and call, that, I'd call that really well. <laughs> I mean... With how that lake fishes, I mean, you take what you can get out there because she'll, yeah, she's a cold-blooded bitch. Um, <laughs> cold-blooded. So, yeah, you can't trust nothing out there. She's like she's like a crackhead ex-girlfriend. You cannot trust her. You cannot trust her. Change the locks. Next yeah. thing you know, your car's keyed, your wallet's gone, and there's a baseball bat through your window. So do you think out there it's pressure that's because you know the mnbn last year you know how bad that was do you think it's that's pressure? the worst i've ever seen it or you think it's just in a downswing class-wise like your class time will tell on that i think it's a combination of pressure and the grass and like the lack of milfo you're talking then spraying the grass and gotcha. i think the coontail moves them around more i think is all i think um the milfoil like gives them kind of a home there's like canopy you know things like that the coontail um, there's so much of it and coontail's really good until you have nothing but coontail and they yeah. don't live in it as much. They'll live around it, but 
I think that's a big part of it along with spraying the grass and then just the sheer amount of pressure is insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's probably no more than a Southern fishery though. So like, um, to me, it reminds me of more of a Southern fishery where you used to be able to go blast a school out there. And now it's probably like a ledge Chickamauga school where if you, you're the first one yeah when they get out there they eat a plug pretty good and <laughs> you know after that you get one or two and then you can't get any more you maybe need to check it later oh. um that kind of seems to be you're just you're fishing fish that are messed with pretty much all the time so the map is the maps are good now and i think yeah i mean there's a lot of spots in the spots out there that are right on the map so i think you know it depends. I don't know. I haven't been out there much this year, but I think they're just, I think it's just, it might be on a downswing too. Like for all I know, um, I'd be curious. The locals probably have a little bit better pulse on it. I just think, I mean, it used to take, you'd have to have four pound average to cash a check in the summer out there. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. it's still, you need a four pound average to win in the summer out there, but it drops off a lot quicker. So it, to me, that's a lot like these southern reservoirs where it's like, geez, Bobby caught 25 pounds. Then next second place was 17 and a half. I really don't understand. We must have been fishing a different lake. <laughs> the conditions line, you just have to time shit and like things have to line up a lot better out there, it seems like. But um, I don't know, man. I think that that lake's tough. What do you, you guys, you fish Tonka much? It's been a little bit for me now. It's been a couple of years, but we had our stretch there in high school where we were fishing it once or twice every year, and then we've been down there a couple of times fun fishing, but, you know, yeah. love that place from the time we spent. I haven't spent much time. I think we kind of caught, like, the tail end of, like, when it was really good kind of thing because mm-hmm. it felt, it was kind of like like what you're talking about now. Like, we could definitely notice, like, some schools were, like, hard. Like, I drag a sea rig, like just barely moving your rod and then other ones yeah just burn a plug through them and you know bust them but yeah it's a fun place from what it is a fun place yeah. i mean it's a humbling place it's, it's oh, yeah. the mecca of bass fishing for minnesota i guess i mean yeah mm-hmm. but i gotta pee yeah. just gotta pee pee break pee break but no so i was uh i was uh looking for tim at tim's auto body so i talked to the owner you know see if we could talk advertising and He's going to find him and there's this guy waiting to get his oil change and he's like hey i'd like to i'd like to talk to you when when you're done with him i was like okay he's like wow cool so you know tim's busy so they come give me tim's card and i was like so i sit down and talk to this guy while he's getting his oil change uh and he's like yeah i'm looking for some advertising uh it's like oh cool you know what do you do he's like i'm a i'm a professor and i'm looking for some advertising for this class I'm doing. It's like, oh, what's the class? Ethics of artificial intelligence. I was like, dang, that's pretty cool, man. And then he like, we had like 30 minute conversation. It was epic. He started talking to me about, you know, how we're not going to have jobs in like 10 years because robots are going to take over the world and like all this cool shit. So it was like, it's, yeah, it was crazy. So, um, I forget why we were talking about that, though. <laughs> we'll throw that up. <laughs> I, I have no clue. You said you had a really good story, so. No, no, I did not bring that up out of the blue. You guys primed that with something. You guys you guys sparked that. There's no way I just brought that up. <laughs> Whatever it was, it's past me. That went over my head. I don't know. 
Well, right on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Well, fair enough. Oh, yeah. We were talking about just the the vast amount of subjects we could discuss. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aliens. To, yeah. 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 There it is. How it's we're in the galaxy. We are in the galaxy and it's ever expanding. And um, I just got this galaxy mm-hmm. clock, which I haven't set yet. It's set for midnight. Should be set for five o'clock. Cheers. But um, we'll get there. We'll get there. I like the posters too. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh it's been a slow progression. We started with uh I think the first one, Cole, what we recorded in my parents' basement or something. When I was my girlfriend and I broke up, so I was homeless and uh searching for homes and uh staying at my parents at the time and that's kinda when we started this deal and got this bachelor pad here. It's awesome. It's a good spot. I'm, I've never been poorer, and I've never been happier. <laughs> so, yeah, it's better to be poor and happy than rich and pissed off. And, yep. You know, have Absolutely. a few fun and laughs along the way and learn how to catch more bass. And yep. uh, you boys ought to come fish this lake when we got some more time. Oh, too. yeah. But uh, you guys got girlfriends? Nope. Nope. Single man. God, you guys are smart too. This is crazy. I usually don't have smart people here. That's good. That's good. Well, hey. <laughs> All cheers to that. So so women aren't really on your mind then. Just bass. You guys do you guys take a winter break for and go after some women for a change instead of the old bass? Do you guys take a season you guys take a women's season off? Like a season off where you go after women? Kind of like duck season or turkey season or goose season? Or... You guys have like I a mean, season for that where it's... I mean, it's kind of on the side. It's whatever happens happens to me. Day. It's, I don't know, just focused on the fishing thing right now. And Sorry, it sounds kind of lame, but you know. No, dude. I I think that's the most yeah. respectable thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yep. Same well, that's... Deal. That's wonderful. Uh, so you guys don't even have Tinder accounts then? No. No. Nope. No dating accounts? No. Oh, what? Not even Bumble? What no. do they call it? You guys don't even have Grinder? No Grinder? <laughs> there might be some people at Montevallo that have Grindr. Oh, absolutely yeah. there is. Hey, dude. To each their own. To each their More own. More chicks for us. <laughs> <laughs> I support that shit. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> There's only 10 girls in Montevallo. You don't want to split the pie that much. <laughs> Let them have it. So is there like a cuisine that you've learned down south is kind of like a mainstay that we didn't have up here? Chick-fil-A. 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 As Grand Rapids. There's one in St. Yeah. Cloud. Yeah, uh, so we we never had it. We're like two hours from it, three hours from the nearest Chick-fil-A. So when we got down there, we were like, this is the greatest damn thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I've developed a slight addiction for Chick-fil-A. We're not in no. Kansas anymore. Wow. It, it's incredible. This guy eats it like no other. You guys ever had uh, Steak and Shake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that one, too. That's a pretty good spot. That would be Can't interesting. Be Luckily, we don't have one of those. Yeah. Uh, Whataburger? They don't have Whataburger up here. Oh, yeah. yeah we got that's one. a good one. one. Yeah. Many a nights going for the honey chicken biscuit at 3 in the morning. Oh, yeah. You guys do the Waffle House? Here and there. That's a dangerous game. So yeah, we were, you're playing with fire. Yeah, I with think that one. the Harris event. We we had, we had decided to drive through the night. Oh yeah, and we stopped there about three in the morning. We were about an hour from the ramp, and got us some Waffle House. And <laughs> that was about the worst fishing day I've had in my life. Oh, 
He was, yeah. I was hurting. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. Just no more sausage for me from Waffle House. Gotcha. Yeah. Stick with the pancakes and waffles. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Even serve pancakes at Waffle House? I feel like that should be a sin. I don't think they no. do. That's Huddle House where they serve pancakes. Yeah. Huddle House. They'll get you on the They do make pancakes. The game, they but... stick a waffle yeah. iron in them to make sure no one knew. <laughs> so, where do you, so does the school fund you guys like staying at these places? They buy you like hotels and shit? Yeah, mm-hmm. so if we get sent, we have pretty much everything funded. Everything except tackle, gas, lodging, basically everything. And then... So you guys don't even have to sleep in your trucks? No. no. We're, Man, we're the Elite living. Series is going to hit you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did our fair share of that. We've done, yeah. we've done a lot of sleeping in the truck. We did a lot of that in high school. and We've done, I mean... Local stuff we yeah. did quite a bit. Yep. But, That's good. You gotta but, feel the pain of working for something, oh, yeah. boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I enjoy it. That's, I, oh, I yeah. love doing that. The truck stuff's the best. Yeah. Oh, Those dude, are... it's like Rick Klun, one with the yeah, yeah, <laughs> one with the bass, dude, for sure. But, okay. Yeah. So your teammates and stuff. I guess how much do you, do you guys work together, like as a college, to help each other succeed, or is it more like, yeah, we're catching on a three ace. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, have. <laughs> I mean it's you guys not don't tell nobody it's nothing. Kinda, i mean it's kind of cool the way that our team's dynamic is it's like um there are some teams out there where you hear things about you know like sharing spots and that kind of deal our team is not really like that i mean from at least our like core group of guys i mean and that, i'd say that about the whole team we're not really like an info team the thing that's kind of cool is like with the boat shed and just our team being like a tight-knit group of dudes is like we can go just shoot the breeze at the shed and learn things from guys like there's definitely been a lot of that where it's like tell me about swimming a jig you know to these kusa guys and then they'll be like well tell me about live scope and it's like you kind of give that information but not at tournaments kind of thing and yep. then once yep. we're at tournaments we all kind of respect each other have our own little you know just kind of doing our own deal. Sure. That's one thing I love about it because I can't stand the info stuff. We're both no. the same way. Yeah. It drives us nuts. We're, the, guy, the info getters and stuff. Nick and I are very, we're the first ones to bed. We don't talk to anyone. I think it, it kind of wrecks my brain at tournaments. Like, I, I hate talking to people at tournaments. Doc Talk will wreck your brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so it's kind of like the perfect line with our team where we can go learn stuff. We can go, you know, grab a guy. Hey, want to go to the Kusa and go fish with them? You both teach each other a few things. And then once the tournament comes, it's like locked in, doing your own deal. It's kind of that perfect median. You each got your like go to southern boy or like Hey Billy <laughs> What's that T V A bait you like again when the when the currents at a when they're pulling four thousand? <laughs> you got your you got your southern boy that you can rely on? A couple of them. We yeah, definitely dude. have our circle. We, yeah. yeah. I mean we got a pretty close friend group. That That's we, what's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause there's some other Minnesota boys that go to mm-hmm. uh, uh, Montevallo and a lot of them. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yeah, I think there's five of us. Five Minnesota cool. boys on the team. You guys all tight or? Yeah, yeah, yeah for the most all. part. Yeah, seem like all nice, all a bunch of nice kids. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota nice. <laughs> so like small town, I know there's parties. It's a college, so it's like <laughs> you can't fuck with me this long. Uh, like, is it house parties or like do you guys? I mean, maybe there's 12 people living in the town, and so you go to the family barbecues. Like, <laughs> how does that? What's the college party scene? At, what is the party scene? You go to the two frat houses that host these sketchy little keggers, or coach and mom skip three minutes next. Um, 
No. I, I mean, it's nothing. Same with my mom. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not like Bama where there's like ragers, people getting thrown off the balconies or, you know, anything like that. But, I mean, we have our fair share shindigs yeah. here and there when, you know. When <laughs> schedule allows. For yeah. the kids who are of age or have the good exactly. fakes. You know. exactly. <laughs> so, th- are you guys living in a house then? We are. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I see why you don't want to spill the beans. You ain't trying to get busted first week at school. We ain't trying to bust you. No. We can wait till we can yeah. wait till October to put this out. Wait till after yeah. homecoming. You know? Wait till after homecoming. Wait till we all sign the lease. That's right. That's right. right. So how many people live in your house then? Four of us. Four of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. All, all on the bass team. All on the bass team. Yeah. So it's a bass and it's a bass and bonanza. Yeah. It there. is. There's boats in the yard, boats in the garage. It's our neighbors definitely hate us hundred yeah. percent, but it's worth it. My neighbors hated me in college too. <laughs> hated us. Bad. They hated us. She did. He was nice. Yeah. <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah. 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 So house parties then. Is it like are they like far away? Sorry, I'm I Trying to relive my college days. It's been a while. I'm an old. I'm an old fart here. I turned thirty yesterday, so it's like happy it's belated like, birthday. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like walking down memory lane. Father Gill, you need another. Your gills need some more water. <laughs> Thank you. Anytime, buddy. Yeah, no, we ain't trying to get you in trouble with coach. This is D one D one fishing program. <laughs> D one fishing program. <laughs> I suppose you could get in trouble with coach. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I you're mean, 21 years kids, old. I mean, there's no way. Some kids have, uh, yeah, they've gotten their skulls busted. But I got you. Know. you. Coach isn't a big drinker. I mean. Tell me about coach. Coach, I'm sorry. I'm just messing around here. Yeah. No, coach no, is great. He's a great guy. He's, he is. He's, he's the reason why Montevall is what it is. Exactly. Truly. Does I mean, coach have a last name? or Coach Crawford. Coach Crawford. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. He's definitely the most competitive guy I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Really? And that's why our team is good. He yeah. pushes you. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Between the depth chart, just I mean, his talks at meetings. We're, if we're like, slacking at all, he is honest. And yeah. that's that's part of why I love the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, it's it's so you guys seem I mean, miracle, he, right? He's not really a coach. <laughs> like, he's he, like Herb Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he knows absolutely nothing about fishing. Like what? nothing, but, seriously. But he keeps us in line. He's good at that. So it's like a big ass coach Crawford. You don't even bass fish. <laughs> he does. I mean, and he like. I mean, just not to the just, level that we do. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think he just, enjoys it. And he does. Yeah, he does it. it. But he's just not hardcore like us. He's not a tournament fisherman. In every other aspect, he's he's got it together. He's yeah. We fish ten times. We might lose nine. <laughs> yeah. Not this derby. Not today. <laughs> today, we fish with them. Today, we run with them. And we shut them down because we can. That kind of shit? Yeah. That's that cool. made me just want to run through a wall right there. Right? He does the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, there have been a couple times, like, the team has gotten in a rut and, like, had those talks, and you leave, and you're like, holy shit. Like, Tonight. That was great. <laughs> You guys are the greatest fishing team <laughs> in the world. <laughs> You're like, he's, wow. he's got he's definitely got a knack for that. He, yeah. Really? He's Very pretty good. special in that yeah. category. You guys ever record that stuff? Like, I want to hear Coach Crawford's <laughs> speech now. 
There's probably a video out there somewhere. He just I'm coached sure. a team to a national team of the year title. Leapers. <laughs> so have you guys been to a crawfish boil? Do they have those in Alabama, or do you have to go to Louisiana for that? That's more Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. The, the big thing is just like like big cookouts. Like get a grill, throw a bunch of stuff on it, and just, and just like start, big start grill cooking. Outs. Yeah. Yeah. It don't matter what it is, throw it on. Yeah. Is there like time limits? Do you guys like how much do you practice? Like are you guys that'll like stay out late or like do you have any like work ethic stuff that you try to mm-hmm. put more time in or anything like that that has seemed to pay off for you guys? That's we That's were, one of our biggest things. Yeah. yeah. We're always dark to dark. Always. Dark to dark. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it's dark you're off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's in the rules. I'm not like teal. Oh, it's in the rules. Not, yeah, I don't grab sure. till two a.m. Like teal does. Well, it's not in the rules. Like, <laughs> put in the rules. I, I we won't. we probably would honestly. I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll follow the rules. So tell me what the yeah. rules are. I'll follow them. Yeah. But dark to dark. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. how many how many other teams would you say go dark to dark? There's not a ton of guys that do it. Probably I mean, count on two hands. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's something to be said yeah. about that then. And I, I think so. Happened. I think that's look one of the things happened. that you can control as fishing is how hard you work. That's one of the things you can control. Yeah. Dude, I'm a huge proponent of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People like make fun of me that I'm out graphing or whatever, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, there's a lot of good anglers, and I don't think I'm necessarily that like more talented than any of them. I literally think that the only thing I hopefully have going for me is hopefully I work harder, you mm-hmm. know, and exactly maybe that translates to good finish, maybe not, but. Um, mm-hmm. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, right? Exactly. That's a great mentality. And, um, yeah, I hope any college angler listening, you know, hope that, well, maybe you don't want that. But, you know, <laughs> two years from now, hopefully they learn something from that. <laughs> you guys are done. But there's something to be said about that. But you can work hard and you can put your time in and you can you can suck too. So mm, it's, exactly. it's being willing to do that. You have to be willing to. Yeah to suck and i guess being um, okay with sucking yeah right that's <laughs> big thing but it's weird uh when you're down and out and then you put in that extra 20 30 minutes and all of a sudden there's a little light bulb at the end of that tunnel where it's like man i had the worst day ever but because i pushed through it because i did that little extra thing you found a little nugget i mm-hmm. found a little nugget and that's yeah. all you need sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't do yeah. that sitting on the couch yeah totally so this schedule that brought you guys to this team of the year, what did that consist of? So what what all lakes did you have to fish? Because that to me, some people want say they want to win the classic, and who doesn't, right? Yeah. But to me, like that that one that makes you feel like you're really you're doing it right is Angler of the Year, Team of the Year. To me, that's a super honorable. It's the one I want to win the most anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, what all lakes were that were for that then? So that's wild first one was harris yeah. chain you yeah. know uh cherokee second harris chain cherokee james and then red river yep so all over the country <laughs> so we Great. had florida virginia tennessee louisiana so what do you have to average for like a finish would you or like did you have some bombs in that no uh so the, the two years prior was exactly 17th place you had to average to win team of the year and we averaged 16.5 i think so it's it's right there crazy every year it's crazy how that works that is weird how that works mm-hmm. i'd be curious how many tours that yeah that would be interesting like i'll have to look into that with the opens or something like that because see if it's that close of a number that would yeah, be really interesting that would be because what's your best finish what was your best finish fifth 
and against 250 guys roughly yeah so that i mean 80 guys in our team right you win that's like taking fifth right kind of yeah, almost yeah exactly yeah yep. that's why i look at it that's so that's sweet shit so you guys are like you're ready to go then what's your what's your guys long-term goals like you're doing this now what's what's what are we after here you elite know? series elite series you someday yeah is that you guys are both aiming i think that's like the ultimate goal for me at least i don't plan on going for it right out the gate at least right now i mean yeah that's yep. i plan on sticking with my current <clears throat> gig but um i don't know it's one of those things that i don't know if i could die a happy man to be totally honest you know my boss probably wouldn't like hearing that but i just yeah i don't think i could die a happy man not trying you know at least trying at some I think point. a lot of us feel that way yeah yeah so at some point, that's definitely a goal I'd like to go for. I'd, right now, I'd like to just, I don't know, settle my feet, I guess, and get somewhat of a ground base. And then maybe someday, if it happens to work out, it, it works out kind of a thing. But Well, you got a pretty good job right now. You're uh, video production for Wired to Fish. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. How'd you get hooked up with them? Well, they're kind of based out of Grand Rapids. If they I'm are. Not mistaken, yep. right? Yep. Home base is in Grand Rapids. So, okay. yep. I, uh, one of the guy Kobe that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. We fished against him in high school. Uh he was he interned there throughout high school and he's only a year older than us, so we just kinda grew up with him. Fished against him all the time. Mm-hmm. And he was an intern there and then kinda got the in through him. He just kinda introduced me to the crew and sure. just happened to work out and here we are now. So That's sweet. I watch a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. You better tell them they're Needs to be a 401k match and a couple extra days vacation. Or I'm going to the Elite Series, boss. I'm going. I'm going there. Yep. Screw deer season. I'm going bass fishing. <laughs> That's cool. And getting to the Elite Series is tough. I was talking to Brad Leitner on the phone today. And, I mean, he's fishing the Opens. Keith Tuma, I mean. He's rocking it. He's rocking it. Yeah. I think there's, what, three tournaments to go? Yeah, he's in. So, what sixth fifth which is crazy because we fished against him on team trail mm-hmm. going blow for blow for years and that dude is a hell of an angler but it's cool to see him do it i hope he does i hope he does too. a lot of fishing left but he's he's sitting in a great spot so he's put himself in a really good position and with uh, the swing they're going on too he's yeah that that is the bottle of whiskey that keith tuma brought me when we did the podcast <laughs> it is now a lamp <laughs> that is the greatest lamp I've ever yes seen. so awesome. whenever there's an open i try to turn a light on for him <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh, he's a good dude hell of a fisherman and and he would be one of the first to prove the whole tonka river yeah thing mm-hmm. wrong with the whole pro minnesota fishing curse of pros only coming from minnetonka or the river mm-hmm. tuma would be the first Northwoods Basser, so to speak. I mean, unless Father Gill does it first, but Tuma's Tuma's looking looking good. But looking great. What do you think it takes to do that on the Elite Series? I mean, it, you've seen fishing evolve. I mean, when I was doing that, like side image, I I watched side imaging come about. I watched all that stuff. It's changed so much since I started fishing, and um, I guess what does it take to be an angler now versus kind of what it used to be and you guys have maybe fished with some older school guys but i mean is live scope the future and you need it because you guys seem to be pretty good with it and the results show yeah uh i mean it seems like 
there's this younger mm-hmm. angler coming up just cleaning house and seeing it firsthand um so curious what that's going to mean in the future and what it takes to be a pro angler now versus 10 years ago yeah i guess in my eyes it just kind of complements like everything else you have on your boat your yeah. your down scan your side scan because nothing will ever beat the side scan like being able to so graph good. around at yeah. four miles an hour just getting a crystal clear picture of the bottom of the lake like that's awesome it is awesome and through hull transducer do you have one of them oh fuck yeah yeah yes that, that thing doesn't get talked about it much. No, what as you can do at should. 35 miles an hour is insane. That people need to use that more. You guys do a lot of that? Yeah. Do you think it plays more down south or up here? I feel like down south, big time. You find bait both, and everything both. fast. Mm-hmm. You do a lot up here too? Mm-hmm. Especially looking for good grass and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a flat, big old flat. I'll just rip it and. You can cover a whole. Fl- yeah. Yeah. But in my eyes, that's the most. That's so efficient. Well, you run all three brands. Something mm-hmm. I noticed from I think one of your Snapchats. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got the Lorance like maybe two months ago. Maybe I'm a big Lorance guy. Oh my god, you like it? We had the the old the Gen three HDSs, and then we went to Humbird. Now I got the Lives, and oh my gosh, yeah. awesome Waypoint Management. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. I got I got real sick of Humbird PC real quick. Yeah, because I mean, when the way you guys travel, I mean. With Lorance, you've got that storage feature where you can mm-hmm. export a region and you can organize all your stuff real easy. And granted, I think Hummingbird, Garmin, all that stuff's good, so I'm not knocking anybody here, but mm-hmm. I think the Lorances are a little bit under undersold, so to speak. I, I think so, too. Are you scanning? And I think a lot of people think you need the highest kilohertz possible for side imaging. I personally like 455, 455. on Lorance like a lot. You can bump that range out and you can really What I, mean, I do now Leech, is I had it on 250 feet. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So now I got both side imagings. I'll do the range on the Lorance and then detail I'll keep, on the other. Yeah. That's how I run them. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah, that's probably <laughs> cooler <but> for sure. <laughs> but huh. The detail on that hummingbird, you can't really beat the at eighty foot detail. Yeah, but I don't. Some stuff pops more on the Lawrence than hummingbird. I it's, agree it's, with that. It's really weird. Like I, I found a lot of stuff that I would have missed on hummingbird already. But I'm just, it's crazy. Why is that? That's that is crazy. I don't know. Like are like we talking... obvious stuff, like stumps and stuff like that, like big stuff. Like I would have missed it on hummingbird. Hmm. Like it's. It's really interesting. That is interesting. And fish schools, some of them show up good on Hummingbird, some of them on the Lawrence. Further away, Lawrence, closer Hummingbird? I can have them both at 80, and one will just pop better on the other one. That's so crazy to me. And it's it's not consistent to me. Maybe it's just the way I have it set up, but, like, I'll be graphing, and I'll see a school on Lawrence, don't show up on Hummingbird, and, you know, later in the day, Hummingbird, and then not Lawrence. Interesting. It's, I don't know. I don't know if that's consistent with everyone that runs both brands, or... Well, one transducer's on one side of your boat, the other's on the other. So do you think it has anything to do with where the school is, like right be. versus left side? That's a good like point. When the, when the, if you have your Lowrance transducer on the port side, say, and the Hummingbird on the starboard, and when you see them on the right side, the Hummingbird's more clear, and you see them on the Lowrance, or on the left side, the Lowrance, maybe? I'll have to pay attention. To I'm just spitballing. No, here. that's a good I point. I don't know. I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. The The advantage to running three brands, so you see a lot of pros doing that. Are you, do you run multiple brands or two? Two. Birds and then a live scope. Birds and a live scope. Yeah. yeah. 
both 360? Both of you? No, but I'm about to get it. Um, yeah, 360. Do you, do you feel like 360 is It's underutilized just like through hole in my eyes. Yeah, 360, I think, is an amazing tool. Amazing. So when, I mean, why do you need both in your opinion? So I, I hear the argument. It's always the argument 360 versus live scope. But what's the advantage? Like, when do you feel 360s more helpful and when do you feel live scopes more helpful for maybe a guy deciding between the two or maybe a guy wondering if he should run both? Why should you run both? 360 is way better for transitions, hard, soft bottom, sandgrass, sand. Yep. stuff like that weed yep. lines yep yeah that's that's where 360 shines is when you're trying to follow stuff like that for sure and also like my partner like nick you know he can he might not be able to see live scope as much but he can just glance at 360 and kind of have a surrounding it helps mm -hmm. in that aspect too helps two people fish effectively yep. off a boat yep. sure that makes sense but definitely any sort of transition 360 is the deal for sure are you are you looking at fish and stuff on 362 or yeah mostly yeah 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 you, you can, can kind of see sure. oh it moved from here to there on that Mm -hmm. yeah i want to get your thoughts on something the yeah. when you have live scope on the a separate like you know what i'm talking about like the motorized thing yeah i want to hear your thoughts on that man <laughs> do i have some thoughts on that let's hear uh, it because i got some i got some i got some thoughts too because we've we've sold a lot of boats out of intune and it's amazing how many vexuses we'd see with just the most insane are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process, from pre-qualification to closing. They have a wide variety of home loan programs in their tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. Just ask me. I trusted Aaron Dagus, a bass fisherman just like you and me, and Supreme Lending's Dream Team to help finance my first home. Contact Aaron Dagus and the Dream Team today by scanning the QR code or giving them a call at 763-326-0677. That's 763-326-0677. Did I catch a seven in there? Or visit their website, aarondagas.supremelending.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-D-A-E-G-E-S dot supremelending.com. This podcast is brought to you by my brother from another mother, my tournament partner, and the best rod builder north of the equator that still has 20-20 vision, Veselka Fishing and Customs specializing in custom fishing rods your custom rod the way you want it because it has to be your rod however he has a wide variety to choose from including his all-new for 2023 custom chicken rod if you throw the big fluff the hairy gary the rotisserie dissery the half ounce palamalu the three-quarter ounce rooster biscuit the lightener looking like d snyder you're going to want to be throwing the Veselka Fishing Chicken Special Big Hair Jig Rod. Mr. Veselka spent a lot of time on this rod, and it has the perfect action to throw, hook, and land those fish that you maybe pulled the bait out from because the rod was too stiff or had them spit it because your rod didn't have the backbone. Well, the new Chicken Special from Veselka Fishing and Customs has worked to solve both of those issues along with superior balance and quality components. So head on over to his website 
VeselkaFishing.com. That's V-O-C-E-L-K-A Fishing.com. Pick this rod up before it's too late because up here in the North Country, they about to be schooling yeah. graph setups, right? Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, at first it was putting a live scope on the trolling motor. Everybody needed it. And then like a year went by and everybody's like, I need this pole mount. I need this crappie killer pole mount. These crappie guys are killing the game with this pole mount. I need one. And everybody was going to the separate deal. And um, I personally, I, 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 like, you give me a drum set and I'll like play the snare for a while and then I'll hop over here and play the bass. But you try to get all that going at once. Yeah. To me, it's just too much shit. Mm-hmm. So I personally, I'd rather have it on the trolling motor now i understand that there's not an i can't use it with spot lock or whatever but but how much spot locked i hope i know where i'm casting exactly at that how point. much do you want to look around while you're on spot lock i don't mind i don't mind fishing like i used to fish once i know they're there exactly yep. you know what i mean yep. you guys still do that exactly yep. yeah, well, yeah so nice to see our youth still fishing you know <laughs> St- still doing it the yeah. old way. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm Randy Blockett and I approve this mess. But yeah, I just So you don't like the poles? It just, it just goes back to the efficiency thing for me. That's yeah. so inefficient. So Nick, you don't bring a portable pole that you that you <laughs> suction cup to, a, to the side of Easton's boat and you got your little portable ice bundle that you you're like, Oh, I'm just gonna do my thing back here. <laughs> No, 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 we're not there yet. No. Well, never will. That, I think. Really, we do. Yeah, my dad good, does it in that walleye tournament we do every year. Yeah, my dad has done that. You're like, well, Gordy, come on. It's no. just, it's just really tough to do because you know the, the boat's moving constantly, and you know him on the side trying to aim at a fish, and right. by the time he sees it, tries to cast. You know, it's, it's just really hard for him to do. But you got the trolling motor pulled up. You're waiting for him to, yeah. pull his pole. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know. It's just. But that goes back to how I might have a different style than everyone else. Yeah. So your deals, I guess, your style's working, whatever you're doing. Um, that makes sense. So poles are not cool. That's like... In my eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's like, well, you might as well pull up in a yellow beetle for this <laughs> tournament. Slug bug. <laughs> no, no slugs back. <laughs> How many but, guys fish with a pole down? Is that what you make fun of the call, all the college guys with the pole mounts? You're like, <laughs> donate. The big, the big one for us is the ginormous live scope mounts, the crappie mounts, where it's like when you're driving, you have to like stand up just to see over them. You know, you know, Tammy was worried about her son, and she's like, you know, I'm just really worried about Billy, <laughs> Billy's neck out there. I think we should get him something for his neck. He, he was diagnosed with scoliosis at a young age, and just really worried about your neck hurts after looking at that shit all day though I mean, so i mean yeah to each their own i mean who am i to judge but i mean yeah that's kind of the one thing that we do poke fun at a little bit because it is kind of funny it just looks funny having the cell tower hanging off the front of your boat but i was gonna say if they lean that leaner pedestal at like a 45 <laughs> so you could just you know Look at your live scope and like half lay down like you're on like an operating table, cast around so you don't have to bend your neck down. That'd be kind of gay, huh? That could be something. Yeah. Who knows? No, that could be the next big thing. It it, it could be the pole. Forget it the pole. Be. 
just make a giant a specialized pedestal. Yeah, it's like a couch. <laughs> you can just a lay live down sculpt on couch. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah, <laughs> that's our idea. Yep. We need to run with that one. <laughs> couch with a hole in it, so you can look through. <laughs> See your sculpt. There it is. That's it. Then you guys can invent like the lay down cast, like. <laughs> Kareem Abdul Skyhook Then Bass You know Kareem Get him You guys play any other sports In middle schools Or high schools Baseball Is all I did Baseball Basketball You look like a basketball player I'm Tall and lanky Love basketball yeah. We play a ton of basketball At school Gotcha Yeah I suck at basketball. <laughs> defense. I can play defense. That's it. I'm the same way. I'll fall out, but. Yep. Nick has his games about once a week where he goes crazy. <laughs> you guys other... play a little street ball back the back the, back the house? Back no, the we, we got to break into this old gym at school. That It's, uh, it's me and Nick and the track team. Yeah, it's, it's a hoot. It's a great time. Quite the dynamic. How it's... we got the end with the track team, I don't know, but we did somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any girls on the fishing team? No. I, I don't think, I don't know if that'll happen at our school. Not in a bad way, but just like the competitive side of things with William. I, I think he thinks that it'll be a little distracting maybe. Yeah. Which I can see. You don't I think mean, women can compete? <laughs> <laughs> Oof, tough card there. No, they can't. No, they can't. He, he yeah. mentioned the, like when we travel tournaments, the sleeping situation. <laughs> you think there's a physical advantage <laughs> that men have with fishing? No, 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 no. Is it a physical advantage? Is it the stature? You're in a hole, Nick. Yeah, I never said that. You think just women can't do it as good? (laughs) Because they're women? Your words, not mine. Question, (laughs) not an answer. No. It could be a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you have a bunch of 18 to 21-year-old dudes. I mean, I I don't know why it has to be all about looks. We could Mm. be talking about a really talented, ugly fisherman. That's a woman here. (laughs) Like, it does not have to be hot. Like, why does she have to? Automatically has to be hot. No. Right, right when I brought it up. No, that's cool though. That's cool though. Is it no no college fishing women anywhere? No, there's some. There's some. Yeah, it, it's you're starting to see it more and more, which is a cool thing. I mean, you know, because it is that sport where I mean anyone can do it. That's one thing that's cool about it. You don't got to be jacked. You don't got to be giant. You know. Is there any men that are identifying as women that are fishing? <laughs> <laughs> that's becoming a thing in other sports. So I was just curious if we if that's hit the fishing level. All yet. the Auburn guys might. I don't know. I mean, it's funny. I'll think of the same. Thing. <laughs> if you guys, the Auburn, that's our rival. That's your rival. Got it. I mean, if you guys really wanted to change the game, you should go into that natty identifying as women and be just the first women Caitlin to be in the bracket. Just Caitlyn Jenner that shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's gold. That's it could be Easton Mothergill. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I see what you did there. <laughs> it's got that a little ring to it. Very creative. Thank you. I thought of it myself. <laughs> I thought of it myself. <laughs> they don't sell this beer down there, though. Nope. No. Wild, isn't it? They sell, yeah, they sell water. <laughs> they do. They do sell water. <laughs> they sometimes give it for free too. Uh, no, but uh, Doug Petrack on Kentucky Lake. I'd always, when I'd fish with them the couple times I did, I'd always have to bring him a few cases because they couldn't get it down there. Yeah. Where they got Natty? Yeah, Natty and Keystones. 
Keystone. I've had Keystone since Nam. It's been a long time. You guys more natty guys or Keystone? They have Bush Light still. Yeah, Bush yeah. Light. Bush Light and uh, Ultras. That's Yeah, Ultras are, yeah. They get the job done. They get yeah. the, I mean, it's cold yeah. beer. It's good. Hey. Yeah. Oat soda's oat soda at the end of the day. It's poison, though. You guys really shouldn't be drinking that stuff. We, we don't. No. I'll stick with my water. Your bodies are still developing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys like it with classes and stuff? <clears throat> What's your majors? Like, you're going to school, too. You're not yeah. just fishing mm-hmm. here, right? There's a school yeah. thing. So I'm majoring in marketing and then double minoring in social media administration and sports business. So. Same. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy, lots of people go to school for 10 years and <laughs> call <it> doctors. It's <laughs> like eight majors, bud, or something. How many majors was that? Just one major. But yeah, a major in sports two, science, two marketing, yeah. and, and fitness, and <laughs> weightlifting. <laughs> What's your major? Same thing. You're going to have to repeat all that. I can't remember. All right. We're majoring in marketing, okay. minor in sports business, and social media administration. Gotcha. So you guys have the same class schedule and everything. Damn near. Pretty much. How many kids go to the school? What is it? 4,000? Something like, like that. That's a decent amount. It's a thousand a, yeah. a grade. It's, it's not. It's not too bad. It's not. It's it's like the perfect size because it's small enough. That's one thing that's been big with us is like our class sizes are like 12 to 25 kids. Most it's like going of, to Brainerd now. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Pretty yeah. much. All of our professors greet us by name when we walk in. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. So that's, that's, that's what's really, really nice. saved us there. Yeah. Yeah. Is being able to like talk to your professor. I mean, you guys are like big shits on campus. <laughs> Everyone knows you. Like, yeah. <laughs> nice job in the tournament last week, Mr. Fothergill. <laughs> yes, professor. Vote <laughs> <laughs> how it goes. Yeah. That's cool. Like, so with fishing tournaments and stuff, they, they're pretty easy on you. For those it's yeah. like being a mm-hmm. we do take a lot of online classes too so we can do it on the yeah. app jeez it's like roll tide i'm a d1 football player <laughs> my gosh you guys don't even need to do homework you guys <laughs> don't have to do shit no there's a lot of homework going around the road yeah really? a lot of sleepless nights well they have little smart people to do that for you guys right you guys have little helpers <laughs> Travel I, don't, I don't maybe he does the not me no he right. needs to hook me up if he does no. but you guys don't have a cheerleading try to be a good scholar no our cheerleaders yeah that's not it's not where the talent pool lies (laughs) no no that's what that's what i was looking for yeah yeah. i got you yeah hey anyone can cheer exactly anyone we should double we can do two sports i'm not not cheering (laughs) you don't seem to be a cheering type of guy mr father gill i'll I'll watch I'll watch the cheering. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think Earth is on a ticking time bomb? Where are you going? <laughs> I like it already. Do you think... How many more years do you think there will be an Elite Series before we find out that aliens are are real and on this Earth? Do you think that's coming in the next, like, what happens first? Aliens for sure <laughs> land on Earth or Easton Fothergill wins an Elite Series event? I could see either being very possible yeah. as a first. So, I mean, do you guys give it five years, ten years? Like, what does the future look like? What do you guys talk about in college, you know? Like, are you guys even 
thinking about that kind of stuff like some yeah some days yeah and nick when, likes these talks yeah <laughs> nick loves i want to hear your theories I'll, i mean i want to hear your theories rick Klun might be an alien i'd really don't know <laughs> i think it's definitely possible i the pioneer bass fish i think he might have brought it to earth like, yeah. been one of the founders 100 percent. like yeah we were doing this four planets away yeah. for about 50 years and don't tell nobody they've been throwing a spinnerbait on mars since like the good old days yeah who knows i agree with that right, right? okay who knows so your theory is Rick Klon's an alien. Like, are yes. you? Okay. <laughs> and his UFO is in the form of a boat? The nitro, yeah. And then <laughs> and then we somehow found a way to copy it, and these are all UFOs that are on the water? Possibly. Transformers, maybe. Interesting. <laughs> do you guys have, like, before we get too far into that, oh, do you yeah. guys have, like, a favorite angler that you guys looked up to when you were younger that maybe inspired the way you fish or... A guy who's always been kind of like your guy. There's definitely a little bit of like the. I got the, like a three. Yeah, there's like, like the homeboy guys, like the Minnesota guys, Fighter and mm-hmm. Downey. Like those guys will always kind of, you know, they'll always get a cheer from me. Kind of Classic thing. Minnesota answer. Oh, yeah. Non original whatsoever. Yeah, I know, I know. It's okay. No, it's good. <laughs> that was good. What's yours? Three. Swindle, Paul, Nick Wheeler. Swindle, Paul, Nick Wheeler. Wow. Man, never struck you as a Nickelback kind of guy. <laughs> What's yours? Martin's? Yes, oh, yeah. that was mine. Mike McClelland. Okay. And Lee say Lee. Okay, elaborate on the last two, please. McClelland, I feel like has, I like his style of fishing. He's won in Florida. He's won in the Ozarks. He's won all across the nation doing a lot of different stuff. Uh, he's a big jig guy. I love a jig. Um, Lee Livesey is, to me, just a he's gangster. Him. I like him. I just like him. And uh, Martin's, I think, was on a different level in ter- uh, of his time. I think he's just His mind was talented. different. Yes, he thought different. He approached the lakes different. He, and he pioneered a lot of cool stuff, I think. Um I mean, I just think he's a, a special angler. Um, and maybe I I think I, I'm more that angler, but I've developed to be more of a power fish. Like power fishing has come later in my career, and I've, I've grown quite fond of it. But I would say I was raised to kind of be a little bit more methodical uh, fisherman, like a Mart or McClelland. And uh, I'm I'm starting to get that livesey in me is the way I could probably describe it the best. Hopefully, hopefully get some livesey in me. Yeah. So I don't know, but it, going back to the aliens thing, um, do you think they've been here for a while? Like I'm curious. He you said he's really into this, and you're like, I don't know. Man. I like listening. I want to hear your theories. This is how we get over road trips sometimes. Yeah, the, he goes in these rabbit holes. I'll and I ask just a dumb I was, born in, a, I was yeah. born in a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's tough, man. I, I don't know. I would say yes. I would say aliens have been here. If they're here now, I don't know. Are you an alien? Could be. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a lollipop? I usually don't. I don't usually I don't. only lick it five times, and then I'm like, I'm impatient. <laughs> what do you think so my sister's husband now 
has made me rethink a lot of things and I kind of like his theory. Um, his theory is that we originally inhabited Mars, right? Ooh, that's okay. a hot take. And Mars, the world ended on Mars and human civilization began here based on people who traveled away from Mars when the, that planet ended. And um, that we are aliens and uh, any aliens that now come here are us from the future. Hold on. That's taking a second. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Here from the future. I mean, have you heard the term light year? Yes. That's a figure of time and space. Light year. When you're traveling that far, you are also traveling either forward or backwards in time when you're traveling through space technically so it's a weird concept right because if 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 aliens come here and they're us in the future trying to warn us not to have nuclear war and kill each other to try and save the world after they were maybe the last three that survived the last one we got elon musk maybe bill gates maybe another billionaire that hop in a rocket and they're yeah. good to go you know we're all dead uh who knows right who knows i have more questions than answers but i yeah. do think that have you ever seen the graham hancock stuff like i've seen some of it okay yes. A, yes. like ancient civilizations yes. about like this is a weird one to me because it's so possible to me like mm-hmm. you think about most people think that we are the most advanced civilization to ever live on planet Earth, right? Yeah. I mean, what if there's a pole shift and literally the Earth spins on its axis and starts all over? Like, I mean, when you're talking about nuclear war or um, ice ages or mud floods or yeah. stuff like that, yeah. like everything we have built here looks like nothing. So to say that 15,000 years ago, like before the world ended the first time, yeah, we might have had AI, artificial intelligence. We might have had all this cool stuff, but then the Earth decided to change access points or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, they're first starting to like discover this with like artifacts and stuff. It's kind of crazy. Like I watched a Nat Geo, that Graham Hancock stuff, yep. and it totally made me rethink the world and how it works. I mean... One of his guys talks about like how Big Stone Lake was formed and there was this big cataclysmic event, right? Where there was, uh, I forget what they call it. It was like uh, the world had all these bad earthquakes, all this all this stuff that caused basically a reset of civilization. And uh, like the pyramids are fascinating in mm-hmm. that sense of like... Oh, yeah. That stuff's wild. That's not a tomb. Like, how many people built that? Like, no. The pyramids are stolen, like, five times. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of mysteries of the world that I think that we're just, we're just uncovering, you know? Yeah. No, that stuff I love. What do you think, Easton? What do you think? I'm just taking it in. They've been live, they were live scoping (laughs) 16,000 years ago, Easton. (laughs) They were. Maybe we've been here before, you know? <laughs> this is our second time doing this. Maybe it's our 12th. How do you know? You know what I mean? Maybe we've, maybe we've done this before in a different dimension. 
They didn't teach you this at Montevallo. No. No. No, they didn't. No, no. They teach you to follow the rules in school. Yeah. They don't teach you to question that. Nope. Nope. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's interesting that just the shift of of time and, and how things have evolved, even just with bass fishing. I mean, I mean, with artificial intelligence, I think shit's about to get real, real quick. It is pretty nuts just seeing how much that is changing things within like six months to see like, like the TikTok stuff. Chat GDP. Like you guys don't need to write <laughs> yeah. your papers this year. No. Like that's the good news is all that paper writing and homework yeah. you guys had. AI's got you. Chat yeah. GPT 4.5. <laughs> you guys mess with that yeah. yet? You guys mess with any of that? No, I haven't. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, you either, it's, it's going to turn into a world of like, either you know how to interact with AI or you're left behind. Like, I ain't putting the chip in though. No. I ain't, I ain't doing it. <laughs> no. No chip. What if Lake Master comes out with a chip, but you have to put it in your head? And then but it's got the like, best map you've ever seen of a lake. And you putting it in it. your head? That could be something. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know if I'd do that. No, I wouldn't either. And keep your map chip. I, ooh. What it you depends. got, huh? If what? it's something that's like spot on, 100%, this is what the lake lays out like, then yes. What but I, if you go to the lake and you like can see like the mapping, but what if it's not right? But then you just like have this constant struggle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something I always think about is when I'm graphing around with stuff, what if like you could say like, hey, I want a flag where every five pounder is sitting right now. I, w- I always think about like how many flags would there be around me? Or I was, even bass. You know them tracking tools? Like the GPS trackers? I think about that all the time. Oh, that's all I want to do is like, give me like 15 of them. I just want to track like 15 bass. There's probably something to be had there. Some kind of you think some kind of biologist type, dude. There's such a play there. Like, imagine if you knew could be there. how the bass moved, when they moved, why they moved, yeah. and you could literally see everything. You could see the weather change, and you could see how they react to it. You could see everything. That's a I business mean. opportunity. Well, I'm just wondering, do people do that? Like, can you buy them trackers and and put them on bass? Like, to me, that that's almost cheating. Is it cheating? Has anyone done that? To me, I want to do it, but I don't not, know if I can. Who knows? Not that I've heard of. Wired to Fish has to have done that by now. <laughs> like, no comment. Yeah, it's called sending Dumpkey down there with a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> Iron lungs after my couple years interning. Well, you said you did a lot of underwater shit. Hey, I didn't clarify. Yeah, they, they didn't put scuba on you? <laughs> no. You just had to hold your breath. No, it's all pole cam stuff. He can oh, swim to 200 camp. feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You guys the alien in me? Um, a little bit. I I have not. No, oh. no, no, no. I'd love to though. That'd I be kind of cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd yeah. be super sweet. Where you guys just pull up to the ramp without a boat in the morning, <laughs> just a couple of scuba, just like no, we're we're practicing. We're grafting yep. today. Just hop off the dock and see you guys at dark. <laughs> <laughs> that would be new. That would be new. Then you have like this little waterproof clicker that you can waypoint the shit underwater. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. The amount of great ideas that have come within the past 20 minutes have we could really change something here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we can if we can make all of these happen, we we got a Nobel Peace Prize on our hands. Yeah. yeah. Real big. Real big award. Yeah, you thought team of the year was cool. 
so you guys don't even talk to girls. What I'm getting <laughs> out of this, like you know, talking through all this, you guys literally don't talk to girls. When I talk about this hypothetical alien stuff, I don't think that would work very well. But you'd be surprised. Really? Is you it a play? A, you get a, you get a groovy enough chick. You'd be surprised. Mm, yeah. The right one, like him. the right one, is ready to is ready to go. Yeah. Most no, of them. Yeah. Uh-uh. Wait, 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 wait. You guys are. You guys have seen the hot crazy matrix, right? No. <laughs> no. What is this? The hot crazy. Holy shit, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're doing it. Okay. Holy smokes! And for anybody else who hasn't seen the hot crazy matrix, we are playing it on the podcast. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! You got. Is this about to be eye opening? I mean, you guys. I. Yeah. This will change the game. This is the best life advice you will ever get once the progressive commercials over. <laughs> hey, everybody, James Jacob here with Tap Response, and I got the terrorist mouthpiece with me. This is a uh, go introduce yourself. I'm Dana McClendon. I am the consulary to the Camden Mafia and the terrorist mouthpiece. <laughs> but uh, what are we going to talk about? What are you going to talk about today? Today's lesson is it's a little off the beaten path of tactical response, but it's still something that you can use every day. This is the hot, crazy matrix. It's what you need to know about how to deal with women and, and, and how to analyze the situation that you may be in or want to be in. Okay, uh, let's take a look at that right now. Okay, so this is the universal hot crazy matrix. It's everything a young man needs to know about women. Um, I've developed this on my own over 46 years of living on the earth. So this is how it works. You have your crazy axis and your hot axis. Hot is as usual measured from zero to 10. We're all familiar with that. Crazy is measured from four to ten because, of course, there's no such thing as a woman who's not at least a four crazy. So you got four to ten. This is your hot crazy line right here. Very important that you keep in mind where the hot crazy line is. As a rule, this is your no-go zone. We do not hang around and date and marry women who are not, at least in our mind, a five. Um, so this is your no-go zone. You don't go here. We just rule this out. Life is better this way. That's the way it is. All right. Um, above a five and to about an eight and below the crazy line, this is your fun zone. You can hang out here and, 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 uh, meet these girls and spend time with them. That's your fun zone. But keep in mind when you're in the fun zone, you want to move out of the fun zone to a more permanent location, okay? Um, so that's the fun zone above a five, hot, below an eight, hot, and below the crazy line. This means these are most of the time not crazy, okay? Above the danger zone, above the, uh, above the crazy line, we have the danger zone. This is your redheads, your strippers, anyone named Tiffany, um, hairdressers, hairdressers. This is where this is where your car gets keyed. You get a bunny in the pot. 
uh, your tires get slashed, and you wind up in jail. Um, now, now that we have some of the chart filled in, we got a couple more pieces to put in. But at this point, understand something. This is not a static environment. This is a situation where you have got to uh, use this matrix over time to develop some reliable data. It's like a dope chart, okay? You, uh, because at any moment in time, any woman that you have previously located on this chart can vanish from that location and appear anywhere else on the chart. So what you have to do is over time, collect some data. And once you have a cluster of data points, you can begin to consider that reliable. Now, moving on, you have this zone here. This is below the crazy line, above an eight hot, but still, you know, about a seven crazy. This is your date zone. You can stay in the date zone indefinitely. These are women that you introduce to your friends and your family. Um, they're, they're good looking and they're reasonably not crazy most of the time okay so this is you can stay here indefinitely now above an eight hot and between about a seven and a five crazy this is your wife zone okay when you meet this girl you should consider a long-term relationship uh, this zone is not scaled to size this, this, is a, this is a representation and not an actual, this is not a pie chart showing you how many of these people are out there. This is simply a representation of what you're after. You want to be five to seven crazy above an eight high. That's your wife's zone, okay? Now, below a five crazy and above an eight high, this is your unicorn zone. These things don't exist. <laughs> If you find a unicorn, please capture it safely, keep it alive. We'd like to study it and maybe look at how to replicate that, okay? So I was explaining this to a guy one time, and he said, wait a minute. I met this girl, and she's like smoking hot. She's like at least a nine, and she's chill. She's co totally cool. She's like not even a three crazy. I said, you're telling me you've met a girl, she's a nine hot, and she's like a two or a three crazy. He said, yeah, man, I like her a lot. I said, you should be careful. That's a dude. You're talking to a tranny. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your, you got to be careful. Cause <laughs> How have we not seen that? I, I was asking the same thing. It's like, what? You oh haven't seen God. that yet? That is like, that is a prerequisite for anything. <laughs> I needed that a long time ago. You did. You did. You, man. Can you imagine if you guys w would have seen that before freshman year? Oh my gosh, different life path. <laughs> That's incredible. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> so you two in the boat, you guys. I mean, finding a good tournament partner is to me. It's kind of like finding a wife right there's 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 you could almost call it a its own matrix for a yeah. tournament partner not maybe the same as hot crazy but um i don't think finding a good fishing partner is as easy as one would think and you two well. seem to make a pretty good team and i'm curious there are things to me it's a lot like a wife or a you know what what causes most divorces 
finances, communication, communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get sick of spending time with that other person, whatever it might be. Yeah. Do, do you guys, are you guys similar styles? Or are you guys polar opposites? I've seen it work both ways where certain polar opposites can do really well together if they're willing to listen to each other. And other times, like Dane and I are pretty similar, but we're kind of open and we do yeah a lots of different things mm-hmm. um easton how how do you guys fish together I, to be honest we're really close to the same person you know same personality pretty much both kind of quiet kind of i don't know i don't you guys know. fight over who has to do who gets to do what then if you like doing the same thing i, get I th- guess okay you can throw the shaky head for the first two hours <laughs> then i then i get to throw the shaky head We've never talked about this, but I guess when we kind of get on a deal, I kind of tend to just run with the deal, and he kind of looks for off-the-wall stuff, kind of throws different stuff in practice. We've yeah. never really said anything about that, but that's kind of just how it happens with us. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is it's never been like – like, we don't even, like, talk about stuff. It's like it just happens. No. And it's I, I think that's just a thing of us fishing together for so long. Like, we fished together since sophomore year of high school, grew up together. So it's like I think it's kind of – there's already that connection there. And then obviously just – hours and hours in the boat together it's just kind of one of those things where i don't know it just just clicks kind of a deal like we just don't even have to talk about things it's just like and and there is that like you said that's definitely a big thing too is like i always try to like like if i'm behind him like if we're in his boat at a tournament i'm just like constantly i'm not throwing he's throwing i'm trying to find something weird something the other guy's not doing something that could get us a big bite that could get us you know always trying to find something different and we just kind of, I don't know, everything just happens natural. It's like, we don't even talk that much. Like, that's one thing our teammates always joke about. They're always like, do you guys talk to each other in the boat? And we're like, not really, to be honest. Sure. I mean, we're just kind of like, just do what we do. And I don't know, it just kind of clicks. Yeah. I've always wondered if he's like scared to talk to me. Because sometimes I'll pull the troll and I'll run 20 miles. And he just doesn't say anything. I'm like, dude. You guys don't even talk about that? I mean, that's that's extreme. But like, yeah. There's times where we do something completely different. And I throw the troll down. I'm working, and he doesn't say anything. Like, I've always, trust I've always, I trust you. I trust well, you. a lot of the times it's because it's like a lot of times something's not working, and we need to change. And you probably agree with that when I come to that conclusion. Well, that's maybe like, you're not communicating well enough. Maybe instead maybe. of just ripping the trolling motor up and that's why. Rip, racing <laughs> off, you say, "Hey, Dumkey, I, I do. You know why we've been throwing the fluke for like six hours?" <laughs> What do you think about throwing a jig about twenty miles up on that on that yeah. one thing that we found the other day? Yeah, yeah, Easton, I really <laughs> like that idea. I mean, it's not quite as extreme as what we're making it sound like. Yeah. I mean, like we're not like just constantly talking all day long. Like we're definitely like grinding. Sounds like head you're not down. talking at all. <laughs> well, no, it's. I mean, like there's we're things we're in the where, medium. Yeah, we yeah, make yeah. it sound extreme. But, yeah. I'm fucking with you. No, no, no. Uh, but I mean. I think that's part of like just the it clicking and us, like you said, how we're like the same damn person basically is like that the times where I don't say anything is because I agree with whatever we're doing. And it's like that, that's what I thought of doing. And that's kind of just what it is. It's never like, there's a, don't get me wrong. There's times where it's like, I'm like, all right, yeah, that's not what I thought, but this, you know, you have to be so open-minded in the sport. You can't be locked into one thing. So I never question anything. And I mean, I trust him as much as I trust myself where it's like, I know what his gut's telling him. That's what we should do. Always trust your gut kind of thing. And I know he'd say the same thing. So it's there's kind of that happy medium there where it's just, I don't know, we just kind of know each other in our ways. Not no. Dane and I are that way. Yeah. They're, where it's like you don't even need to say nothing. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. 
and we don't we fish as a team but nobody really doesn't matter what boat we're taking it's like all of a sudden he'll be on the trolling motor and i'm not and all of a sudden yeah. i'll be on the trolling motor and and not but we usually if we make a change we usually talk through it so that's i mean it it's a big deal though being able to do that because a lot of people at different styles or or lack of trust you trust him yeah. and he trusts you that's the biggest thing is because if you didn't trust him he ripped the troll motor up and went 20 miles he'd yeah. be questioning it yeah. for 20 minutes on the way there and especially <laughs> when he put the troll motor back down to start yeah. fishing it so there's something to definitely be said about that mm -hmm. chemistry baby you guys got it so when you guys do apply the hot crazy matrix to some women down there <laughs> It's kind of like you're kind of like the mom and dad to, to him, and you're kind of like the mom and dad to him, where you got to bring the lady over for approval. <laughs> and he might not even need to say nothing. He just gives you that one look, and it's we like, both oh, have fuck, this. I got to dump her. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we've had that yet. I don't think. Maybe. We haven't crossed that bridge yet. No. I, not with you. You probably had that with me, but you guys have the same taste in women. No, I, no, no actually, no, no we, we don't. don't. No. Completely different. No, that is one opposite. I would say between us. Which yeah. one's the ass guy? Which one's the boobs guy? Or are we talking <laughs> brunettes and blondes? Who? I don't. I don't know. I I, I don't know what I it is exactly, exactly, but I feel like there's times where he's like, "She's good looking," and I'm like, mm. "Yeah." And then there's times where I'm like, "She's good looking." He's like, "Hmm." Mm. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That is weird. Cole and I have had those moments. <laughs> yeah. Had those moments. Yeah, that's very... Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. definitely something to it. I mean, yeah. You also have that time where you're like, yeah, and then you like talk to them more and they get more attractive. Yeah. You know? There's something and about personality. I'm a personality sure. guy. For sure. softy in that way. I am too, man. Yeah. It's a human being down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way deep down there somewhere, there's a human being. Somebody's daughter, for fuck's sake. You got any sisters? I got a sister. See, I knew there's a reason you boys are so respectful tonight. The younger sister, too, isn't she? Good man. Good man. You got older sisters? One younger? older sister. How old? 30. Single? I just turned 30. <laughs> Three kids. I'm out. I'm out. Yep. Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah. Two it's of them nice are one and one is two. So, yeah, you really got to be out there. That's I mean, yeah. Do you guys want kids someday while we're on like the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? You know what the cost? <laughs> <laughs> You're no, scared to fish the Elite what? Series, boy. <laughs> kids cost a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, I know. I know. It's true. I don't know. I wouldn't know. but You yeah. want kids? <laughs> I guess I'm unknown at this point. I mean, your last name's Father Gill. You kind of have a little <laughs> pressure to live up to that. <laughs> I'm waiting for your next father joke. Gil Daddy. <laughs> I just call him Gil Daddy. I'm in no rush. I want like the like the time span where it's like you're just batching it out and it's like you're just doing you for a while and then like at some point it's like, all right, yeah, sure. Study abroad, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Right. Travel the countryside and yeah. You know, go to France maybe, I don't know. If you guys could bass where <clears throat> where's like your go to spot? Like we all have that spot that we want to go bass fish that we haven't. Murray. Ooh. Really? You. 
Murray is a big one. That's not what it came to mind at first. No, it's but, the last thing that came to my mind. But I, what did you say? The, yeah. I, no, I said that's oh, not what it came to mind at Hartwell's first. Hartwell's big brother. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, imagine imagine like. herringfish, Ooh. but largemouth. I would okay. love to is go that not like. Awesome? Sounds good. Uh, not the herringfish part. <laughs> like North California. Like that stuff. Like. What is wrong with our youth? <laughs> I did not see that coming. No like, St. Lawrence River? Um. Well. I mean, we and were there once. Or, we've been okay. there. Yeah, and that place kind of oh, kicked you've our done teeth it. in. Oh, so, you've done it. Yeah, I, I do want to go back badly. Was it just tough because out there? It, we no. just were kind of, I don't know. That was that one was, where we got stuck in our ways. Yep. Even though we sit here and talk about, you know, you can speak it a million times, but, it, you know. That was part of our yeah. freshman year getting our mind yeah. kind of. I would have thought you guys had done well. On we St. had a Lawrence. good practice, but we just couldn't adapt. Things changed, and yeah, we just, yeah. And I don't know. We tried, like. Obviously, we were stuck in the river. We couldn't go to the lake. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, trying to fish the river like it's a lake. Like, that that's the way I would say it now. Yeah, like, we, like, tried to avoid the current kind of, like, looking for slick water, and that just wasn't happening. It yeah, was just, that, it was a current deal. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we just, yeah, we just and did not. Now I would say we'd look at it completely different, fishing current stuff on Coosa River. I bet we'd look at that place, like, mm-hmm. way different now if we went back. Like Because before we were looking at it, like, what is this like? We, even we, start, we didn't we didn't know but, what to do with current at the at that point. Yeah, current. I mean, I didn't grow up on a river. The rivers were super intimidating to me for a long time, and uh, but once you, it seems like you figure out current, yeah. it's like it's like your best friend. It's like mm-hmm. a hack. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my god. Yeah, I love current. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why isn't there current everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like at James River, we were doing all current stuff, and it was just like it's so predictable once we figured it out. Like and that's you a could, title deal, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was title current. How is that? You guys seem to adjust pretty well to that. That was one of the funnest tournaments that was we've ever awesome. had. Really? In my opinion. So Just because it was so different. Nothing like we've ever grown up with. And yeah. it, it got to the point where we could like go, yeah, we're going to get bit there right now. Yep. And we could like run by a spot and go, eh, not yet. That needs yep. 10 minutes. Be back 10. Yep. And then it we was, go back. That and, was one of the most dialed I've, I felt forever for a tournament. Yeah. Now to, That's say? cool. Yeah, 100%. And is that because of the tide and how much water was on the spot? or mm-hmm. you know, It was all okay. current. Just the way the current was rolling over it, you could tell if they were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, if you've, if you've ever fished like a sand drop or something where that current's washing over. A little bit. That That's that, very that, much sounds yeah. like that. That was kind of what we were doing. I mean. It was pretty much sand drops. Yeah. With gravel on it. it sure. Was, mm-hmm. What about shell beds? Like that seems to be. Like shell stuff. How do you guys find shell? Like, because there's to me, there's a sleeper shell bed deal up in Minnesota. Really? I think so. Really? Yeah. Wind. I mean, mm-hmm. it creates. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, but down south, it's definitely a thing. Oh, I yeah. guess what I know there's color palettes, there's contrast stuff to see it on your SI. Do you guys have any shell bed hacks? At Harris Chain, I mean, we kind of got it a little bit dialed in the yeah, color palette. Because it's grass or shell. It's yeah, you have, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, there's anyway. Yeah, I used to think just hard bottom is like that's what you look for in Florida because I heard it was all soft bottom, but that's not the case. Just it's got to be shell for the oh, most part. Yeah. The whole through thing was big there too. Oh yeah, because we would just you sit there shell and go on back it? and forth. What's and that? Back and forth. No, just hard bottom. Yeah, yeah. and you know I could. That's all I did in practice. Every shell bed I found in Florida, I found with the through hole before I grafted it. Double echo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that double echo trick still lives, dude. That, I, yeah. People people need to know how to do that. Do they, though? I, I don't know. No one talks about it. Talks about it. Talks about it. Talks about it. 
I just echo. We'll, yeah. we'll let it be, but talks about. <laughs> let it be, let it be, let it be. Yeah. But when no, you it's... get the triple echo. That's when you triple echo, triple echo. That's when you know. <laughs> that's when you turn the boat around immediately. So them hard spots in Florida were all of those shell beds, pretty much. When you'd see a double echo as a Usually, shell bed. Yeah, if you find hard bottom like out in the middle of a mud flat, there will be shell somewhere on it. Because mm-hmm. like you can kind of predict where them shell beds will be. Because it, is it on the front end <clears> of the where the wind hits or the back end? Like so, you got let's say this beer bottle. No, yeah. a bad example. Sunglasses here. <laughs> Let's say that's a point, right? Mm-hmm. And the wind's blowing across it. Are the sh- the this way on the lens side? Is the shell gonna be on the lens side more or on the back side from your guys' experience? I think like the textbook, what you find most of the time is the wind blown stuff. I'm no expert on that stuff, but like here, like seeing videos and like reading about it, it sounds like that's the biggest thing. Is just, just finding wind blown or current, like wind current stuff. Yep, it can like, be both though, like like lake current. Like yeah. we have lake current here. It we happens do. there too. Yeah, and yeah. that can create shell. Yeah. Yes. Like shell. I think about the stuff by Banana Island. Like yes. that stuff yes. is not wind blown at all. That's but current. that's straight lake current stuff. Yep. Like yep. Lake current's a weird deal. I've I've learned some weird shit about lake current. Like yeah. there's weird casting angles you can figure out like that mm-hmm. are not normal. Yeah. Like that you'd think mm-hmm. that bring your bait right with the current. Um because there's a undertow, right? Mm-hmm. That that to me is the most sleeper lake current thing is like the wind pushes, right? It has to go somewhere. So there's mm-hmm. a backflow or a, or a undertow and, and fishing the up current side of that undertow to me is something nobody does. And yeah. The mm-hmm. only place I've seen that is Malax is where I learned where I learned that. But Sturgeon Bay is where I learned it. Sturgeon Bay is wild. Mm-hmm. It's fun. So you've been to Sturgeon Bay? I have not. No. Oh man. I need to. Bad. I thought I was good as I thought I was a good smallmouth fisherman until I went there. <laughs> Different. Yeah. Did you get did to humble you down? Oh yeah. Yeah. You guys caught them pretty good though. I thought. I mean, the first three years was definitely hardcore learning curve for sure. But I don't know. As soon as I say I feel like we're getting the hand of it, you know, I'll go there next year and fish hundreds. So, but definitely some confidence is building out there. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. You fished in the spring? Yep, the yeah. open. It's usually Mother's Day weekend, I think. Yeah. Pre-spawn, hardcore. That's wild. At that time of year, I mean, it's it, how that wa- warm water moves around mm-hmm. and uh, how spooky those fish are. I mean, mm-hmm. you get any magnums? A couple sevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, were there groups with them when you saw bigger, bigger ones with them? I've seen some. I was like, holy moly, like, that's freaky. But I don't know. Like, I haven't caught enough big ones to really gauge them. I mean, I, I haven't either. I just know the seven and a quarter I caught, there was like four with it that were bigger. Way bigger. Like, <laughs> like eight? I caught the littlest one in the bunch, and it was seven and a quarter. Like, yeah, obviously gosh. the littlest. It was wild. It was The conditions were perfect. I mean, full moon, right before dark, yeah. in a ditch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. So back to how you two roll together and make good make a good team. Mm-hmm. So like, you guys like to do the same thing, but he'll try different <clears throat> stuff. So if you're fishing a jerk bait, he's throwing a different color jerk bait, or is he something like, different? Something different. Never the same thing in practice. What's like if you guys had five confidence baits to throw on the deck for anywhere you're gonna go? What are they? Nico. 
Yeah. Swim bait. Yep. <laughs> jerk bait, definitely. Yeah, jerk I bait. I mean, we throw it all. That, that just gets a lot of play, definitely. Some um, variation of a jig. Mm-hmm. Whether and it's swim jig, dragon jig, something. Yeah, it's always some variation. And then... Hmm. Spook. In the south, play yeah. like year round. Seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's like a what's a gangster southern bait that you guys wouldn't have thrown like till you got south that like you guys had to learn to throw down there? Because to me, it's weird how like pattern oriented those fish are. Where you need like yeah, you can be throwing this crank and this crank, and this one gets bit, this mm-hmm. one doesn't, or you're throwing the same crank and you're one guy's throwing it this way, one guy's throwing it that way, and it's like ten to one. Yeah. Swimming a jig for me. Swimming a jig, mm-hmm. like, like in the grass, like shallow. We do that up here all the time. I didn't. Fair enough. I was the same way. I never threw a swim like, jig. Like, do you actually like swim it, or do you just reel it? That's, well, I mean, what's like, the difference? Talking the Kusa shake. The Kusa shake. Yeah. Oh, the Alabama. Yeah. The Alabama swim jig technique. Yeah, yeah. That's a deal. I called BS, but yeah, I, was I still same. call BS. No, it's it's wild. It is wild. It don't like, work up here. It doesn't. I, can't get I haven't tried it yet. I can't get him to eat it up here. Really? With that. No. Down, I, I saw it down there because you got onto it before I did. You were like getting good with it, getting comfortable with it, mm-hmm. telling me stories, coming back. And all the times that I went and tried, I just could not get on it. I could not get bit doing it. Down like down there, like doing it how, like this is like what you're talking about, like doing it how I think I should be doing it. But then there was one day when I went out and I was just like, I'm throwing a damn swim jig. I'm not going to put it down until I learn this thing. And finally, I just like got to like this rhythm that just like, I don't know, it just like clicked. And I just like started catching them on it. And now I'm like to that point now where when I go throw it and I'm like, oh, they're going to eat it like that. It's like I can catch them doing it. I, I got a text it. saying, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> he texted me saying, dude, I got it. I finally can get bit on swim jig. took me forever to figure it out. But dude, just get ass up here. Don't eat it. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm well, go do it. Prove me wrong. But <laughs> I've always... as of right now, I think a Minnesota girl is different from an Alabama girl. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. And I yeah. think you guys are ready to chase some Southern Bells now. <laughs> <laughs> we got you weren't worthy until you know how to shake a, a an Alabama <laughs> swim jig. It's all about how you shake it. It's all about how you wiggle the worm. Yep. 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 Six inch, ten inch, don't matter. <laughs> It was something else. Southern tactic. Demiki. Yeah. How you how you fish it down there? That's Canadian. No, it's it's different. But we don't fish it Canadian down there. It's a it's it's a the Christie forward facing Demiki. Yeah. 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 Hover strolling. That is something I've not messed with, but need to. I've I feel like that's a Pokegama like probably a deal. Could be. Who knows? It's I, that's something I haven't messed with yet. So enough, I'm surprised we have a little bit because usually we like to mess with that kind of stuff. But you guys are live scopers. If you guys haven't messed with it, yeah. <laughs> usually we're when something new comes around, we're usually on top of it. That's something we yeah. get caught up with. Has there been anything new that you guys have really found some success with that you guys felt like you're on like the front end of? Nick's got a bait that he figured out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not giving you anything on oh, it. Oh man. Now you throw me on the table. Jeez. If you don't want to give it up, no, you we don't ain't giving to. it up. It's a weapon. No. Yeah, it's a weapon. It is a weapon. It's pretty dangerous. Okay. But well, let's let's tape. go about off tape. Let's go about four calibers lighter. 
Okay. Uh, what's a weapon everybody knows about that you guys have used? And and made some hay on like banana clip in the chamber. <laughs> like let's go, <laughs> gat, got you, bang, you're dead. <sighs> the sneaky weapon has saved our hineys plenty of times. Damiki's big. I feel like we've we've we kind of got that pre-dialed. Yeah, like. the Damiki. That, that was something. I mean, that's obviously been around forever. But that was something kind of cool. Was if I feel like we were kind of on the cusp of the front end of that down south. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying we like you know paint mm-hmm. the way back on them spot fisheries you know. mostly or yeah, any, but like any place. but Just like I remember the, like our, where we were doing it. Yeah, and, and how of, yeah, no one was really doing it. And then like Christy kind of showed it. And then now we're seeing people do it more. And some kids caught on to us just like what we were kids doing. On the team, yeah. But that was something that was kind of cool, was to see that where we kind of, again, not saying we, like, paved the path by any means, but it was kind of cool because a lot of kids, like like on Mitchell, that was a big thing that mm-hmm. stands out, was kids were, like, in the wintertime, that's when we, like, found it out. Mm-hmm. And kids were like, how are you catching 15 pounds right now? On and we were Mitchell? Like, Part of the Kusa. It's the yeah. lake blow delay. Got it. Got yeah, it. we went out there and just kind of messed around with it, and it just kind of worked, and like most tournaments were taking like 12 13 pounds and we were going out there and catching like 15 pounds in like half a day so Demiki rig we're talking about the gussie classic winner Mm -hmm. and you guys are more so pitching it are we talking like pitching it 40 feet and penduluming it back or are we shaking it or like what is this deal we're talking about this Demiki? because all most people are thinking of is you drop it and you hang it yeah Hang a minute. No, we, we're casting it yeah. usually. How far usually. are you throwing it? 300, 400 no. yards. 80 feet, 100 feet. Okay, it's, so you're it's bombing a, it. I mean, yeah. That's, can, a, that's a good distance. You can snipe them with it. It's yeah. it's a thing that you got to figure out. That's like a time, or it's a very specific deal too. Well, yeah, like, you got to keep right it right above their head and get it right where it needs to be. So yeah. you're tight lining it at 100 basically and penduluming it you just always yeah. got to keep it on top of them right like on top of them. no you matter know, what if you go below them is you're not biting usually so you want to use a bait light enough but yet heavy enough type of deal exactly and a... the thing with spots is they're usually swimming at 100 miles an hour so you need something heavy enough to get in front of them but yeah. light enough to you know hang, fish them effectively hang above them yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i can't really think of it like the swim bait that's been a good one for us, I would say. I feel Different like... forms and variations. Yeah. Use the same head for the Demiki as the swim bait, <laughs> or different different. Deal. I'm a ball head guy, like day and day. Sonar minnow or die. Yeah, that's the way I am. Got it. Yeah. There's time and a place where, like, you know, like the Dougie head, the Douglas, you know, like Gold that's yeah. yeah. But that's definitely like always. That's a staple you got to have in the box for like big swim bait stuff. But like yeah. otherwise, I personally, I'm just a ball head or die kind of guy tungsten are you guys big with the tungsten on the forward facing or because tungsten shows up mm-hmm. better right that's what they I'm say i'm not I too don't. i don't know i'm not too specific with it personally i do both it's kind of whatever bait i'm using i try and yeah. vary with it some baits i don't know seem to work better on lead than they do tungsten and vice versa kind of a thing it's weird how that works mm-hmm. that's cool though yeah I'm excited to hear about that sneaky one. Sorry, motherfuckers. You get to miss out. You get to miss out. These guys are just just (laughs) holding it all in tonight for us. Teal's getting ahead of himself. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) I showed the goods. You don't even got to. You can't give me no shit. I showed the goods. 
came into my house, I showed the goods. <laughs> showed the goods. No, I don't know. I feel like Bates have been knocked off for everything. Everything comes from something, right? Exactly. So that's the tough part about it. But as far as like knockoff Bates, I mean, we've had a lot come out recently. Mm-hmm. A lot of controversy around that. That's definitely think? about the knockoffs. I don't know. Like you said, everything comes from something. So I think that's just how the industry has been working for the last quite a few years. And at Wired to Fish, it's innovative, mm-hmm. but it costs you this much for us to publish that. Is that how that works? No comment. Hey, Rappel and Berkeley are good clients. I don't <laughs> want to mess with them. No, no I, pressure. I, I don't no pressure. I, I think that, I mean, the whole world runs around that like whole deal. Like everything comes from, yeah, I mean, keep saying that. Everything comes from something though, and that's really what it is like. Ford made the first car. Should I only run a Ford because they were the first ones to do it? You think Drake writes his own raps? Exactly. Yeah. The fuck he does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just, I don't understand. I guess I can get where people are coming from that, you you know, at first it's like, oh man, they knocked that off. But then when you really think about it, it's like Yamamoto made the first Sanko. Should I only throw Yamamoto? And what? Shamed all these other companies that also made one? It's, you know, if that was true, we'd just have these companies who have one bait and then... The ballpoint <laughs> pen was patented by Earl yeah. John James back in 1977. So Earl Ballpoint. Yeah, yeah or Ballpoint Jr. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I what is know. the biggest knockoff bait? I mean, what's the biggest knockoff company besides American ones? I mean, the... Vision 110's been knocked off. The Sweet Beaver, I think, has been knocked off more than any other soft bait. But, I mean, the Senko, along with that. Mm -hmm. Imagine inventing the Berkeley, uh, the Power Worm. Mr. Culprit himself. Yeah. Is that who did it? I forget. Was it the Culprit guy? Is that the original Curly Tail Worm? I'm not sure. I feel like like it was. I feel like... Hmm. That was long before my time, so yeah. But I feel like yeah. hearing old man stories of the culprit worm. Yeah. I'll throw that thing in the lily pad and Yeah. Now everything's coming out. Everybody's coming out with everything. A football everybody's got the, everything. The newest one is that the dense plastic, like the the poop bait. Oh yeah. Like the you guys, yeah. you guys fuck with that? I, I haven't not messed never with thrown it. with it. Like no. Not in quotation marks, just, never have. <laughs> there's just something, I don't know, it just hasn't drawn me, and I don't see, like, the why. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I can get it from something different from that standpoint. You're the JDM guy. Do you like it? Do you throw it? I don't know. The baits look kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> baits look a little bit grody. <laughs> I like the prettier ones. <laughs> I like the flashier, prettier ones, usually. <laughs> It's got enough sparkles. I usually go for it. <laughs> no, it is interesting. I think Japan. I mean, I have a lot of respect for those guys. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was going to ask you boys about the glide bait craze a little bit, and if you guys uh-huh. have succumbed to that, because that that to me is a good forward facing sonar type bait. Yeah. It's a good uh, fish locating bait. Fish mm-hmm. seem to follow it a lot. Is 
You guys fuck with that? Just this last year is when we started yep. dwelling into that game. Like you guys mm. got Chad Chads, Hinkle Shads. You got your, your Six Sense Duas. Your, your, <laughs> what else you got? No Hinkles for us, but no. No. we're kind of we're kinda, we're on the cheapies. Chad Shads, the yeah. the the lower end ones. I would love to get into it. Yeah, the wallet just doesn't. Oh, allow. totally, totally. Yeah. Like I need a whole new combo. Jesus, yeah. that is a bunny hole that I could dive deep into because I'm yeah. very intrigued by that. This guy spent many days <laughs> on Lay Lake with a glide bait in his hand this last year. Yeah. Did you know? I I just wanted to try and figure it out. And yeah, yeah. I just never. Yeah. I never really got it. I mean, I caught some fish doing it. I never <clears> got to the point where it was like. I don't, it's just a hard one to kind of crack. I don't know. It just takes time to figure. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely a just like massive timing thing. It's one of those deals where it just yep. has to be perfect. And maybe not. Who knows? That's just kind of what my gut goes for it. Just in the bit of time that I've spent behind it, it's just kind of, you move a lot of fish with it. It's incredible how many fish, like, to see what is in an area. That thing, oh, my That's, God. Yeah. seems like a bait that will win you a one-day derby and lose you a four-day derby. Yep type yeah. of thing but 100%. you see Polonek, Jockamson, a couple of those guys mm-hmm. know when to pick it up and mm-hmm. they'll just get it's like a sea rig now where you ain't yeah. gonna catch your whole bag with it but yeah you can get yeah. a few bonus stragglers or something yeah, i guess mm-hmm. we just gotta keep messing with it and we'll get a couple of those yeah. we'll just get a hang of it it's crazy i mean <clears throat> how much that's taken off i mean mm-hmm. you got oh, yeah. a lot of kids at school like well, we caught we caught a couple key fish at james river on glide bait really <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah there was a big storm that came in and we were we ended up being right by the ramp, so we went to this just little spot. There's literally a circle of boats, probably sure. a dozen boats in this little spot, just because you know hiding from the storm. And I whip out that glide bait, and I upgraded one time just right before we went in. Huh. Yeah, boats everywhere, tiny little pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wild. Mm-hmm. And you missed another one. And there, yeah, I lost another. <laughs> this was one. in like ten minutes. Yeah, and the spot boats we getting pounded everywhere. all day. Yep. Like, I bet they haven't seen this fucking <clears throat> thing. <laughs> Yeah. Ginormous eight inch glide. Yeah. Crazy. It's nuts. There's definitely something to it. I think it's, you know, one of those things where if we could figure it out, it would definitely be a deadly arsenal kind of a thing, but got to be careful with it too. Kind of, I don't know. How about mag draft? I like a mag draft in especially like to me, there's a magic water temperature where I feel like I can put the mag draft in my hand and go around the lake and catch them. Interesting. Like, between 50 and 60 degrees in September, October. This podcast is brought to you by my brother from another mother, my tournament partner, and the best rod builder north of the equator that still has 20-20 vision, Veselka Fishing and Customs, specializing in custom fishing rods. Your custom rod, the way you want it, because it has to be your rod. However, he has a wide variety to choose from, including... His all-new for 2023 custom chicken rod. If you throw the big fluff, the hairy gary, the rotisserie disserie, the half-ounce palamalu, the three-quarter ounce rooster biscuit, the lightener looking like D. Snyder, you're going to want to be throwing the Veselka Fishing Chicken Special Big Hair Jig Rod. Mr. Veselka spent a lot of time on this rod, and it has the perfect action to throw, hook, and land those fish that you maybe pulled the bait out from because the rod was too stiff or had them spit it because your rod didn't have the backbone. Well, the new chicken special from Veselka Fishing and Customs has worked to solve both of those issues along with superior balance and quality components. 
So head on over to his website, veselkafishing.com. That's V-O-C-E-L-K-A fishing.com. Pick this rod up before it's too late because up here in the North Country, they about to be schooling. Hey guys, Gaff with Waypoint English Supply here. Just wanted to highlight the fact that we have the big bass resource right here. Obviously, everybody in Minnesota knows about Kytex and the little swim baits like these bait labs here, but we're here to have the big baits here in the store. We got Huddleston's, we've got the dangerous swim baits, the jointed claw glide baits, and the bull shooter glide baits, but it's not only the baits. We've got big rods, big reels, big line, and all that good stuff for you guys to go ahead and chase your biggest fish of your life. So swing on into Waypoint English Supply and get hooked up with the biggest tackle around. Mm-hmm. It's really good up here for that, <laughs> seems like. And then pre-spawn, same time, same kind of deal. Pre-spawn down south. When they first pull up. It. Yeah. yeah. Fun time. You guys freestyle through the brush pile, or do you guys treble over it? I've always thrown treble. I'm just getting yep. into the freestyle game now because I think there's definitely something there to yeah. it. 100%. I program. know that I'm missing out there on stuff, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I've, yeah, we've <clears> just done the harness. And I mean, in reality, it, we've just gotten into that too, really. I'd say the past couple of years. It's a fun even. bite. Like, it is fun. Fun bite. Yeah. Huh. Do you get, so with sponsor stuff, like, how does that work with your school then? Like, do you have sponsors that sponsor the team and then your own sponsors? Or is it like every man for themselves and then your team gets discounts to these five places? Or I guess how our team works is every person on the team is required to uh, raise at least $1,500 a year in sponsorships for the team. Mm. And that's where that's something genius, I think, our coach did to get funding for our team to travel. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know. 60 70 kids whatever we have fifteen hundred dollars that's a lot that's a good chunk of change for traveling it is smart coach crawford it's mm-hmm. really smart a lot of people you know hate that they have to go raise money but it's, i think it's genius yeah i mean what do you fish in college for i mean that's part of the game <clears throat> it's and exactly game. it's you know preparing us if if we do want to do this in the future it's right that's you know if you guys are going to be the next matt robertson you know <laughs> Gotta learn how to raise some money, get on some podcasts, do your thing. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So you guys don't have your own sponsors then? Is that kind of something that's in the cards? That's I guess Into Marine is a little bit of a sponsor. Kind of. In a way. Yeah. You know, yeah. In a way. Yeah. But it's definitely, that's the part of the game I feel like I have to work on the most right now is the that side of it, the business side. It's a hard side of it. Um, and... Yeah, it seems like everybody's got YouTube <clears throat> channels, all this stuff, mm-hmm. and I guess uh, is that something that you guys think a lot about as far as mm-hmm. like the future and how you're gonna kind of that's position what we yourself? talk about that a lot is how we're gonna you know separate ourselves. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's some young pup in the industry. You know, it's tough to say, but it, it seems like it's such a saturated like. Even though it's such a tiny industry, it's like. It's tiny, but it's massive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like iCast, I was there two weeks ago, and that was my first time there, and that was so eye-opening to yeah. see, like, at, like it feels massive, and then you go there and you walk around the showroom, and there's, like, the biggest people in the industry are there, and it's like, wow, this, like, like one screw-up, and, like, you're done in the industry kind of thing, where it's, like, all these people kind of know each other, and, like, That's it's... why you guys are all nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to 
want to fuck up my one chance. Like, no, it's not that bad. I mean, yeah, I might be a little extreme there, but we can yeah, cut it out. True yeah. we'll, cut your de- we'll cut the we'll cut your demise out. Yeah. So we're good. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy to see that like like you said, all the YouTubers and stuff to see how big it is on that side of things, but then it's so small the guys who are actually like making a living out of it and are not just making a living but living comfortably right right. and that's something that like none of us get to see kind of thing but you hear about it and i don't know it's definitely true i mean if you see some of it talking with some of these guys and stuff and hearing some of the guys like bp i know he's talked about it a lot like the eating ramen and it's definitely a true thing i mean some of those guys that is one thing that's cool about the youtube stuff is a lot of those guys are starting to now like like lee his yep. stuff where that's yeah. just like cut like awesome here's how it is yep. like yeah yeah do you guys have a favorite like youtube channel you watch or like what do you guys watch for fishing usually mm, watch anybody you guys watch- milking guys like watching the milking I'm, i've never got hooked on his stuff i don't no. know why but i love bp stuff bp stuff's good yeah like you said that to watch the real side of it livesey's good at that yeah yeah but then i like watching you know bp and the wheelers because he does practice walks too and i like you know, like, why does he move spots here? Why does he throw this? That's yeah. kind of what I, I... Wheeler's really good for figuring that stuff out. He's great. Hell of a fisherman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit controversial, but yeah, hell of a fisherman. Yeah, I agree. Depending who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but prepping for an event. So there's a lot of things you can do. You got, like, Navionics web app. You've got Google Earth. You've got... YouTube, you've got fishing reports, you've got Lake Link, you've got whatever mm-hmm. the heck. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Do you guys have a theory on how you practice and go to event? Do you guys do a lot of research or a little? I we do, we do both a do lot, a lot. Yeah. A lot of research. I, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. We usually we both do our own research kinda, of, you know, on our own and then we kinda of pile it together on the drive there usually. Sure. That's yeah. how we do it. Where do you guys do your research? What's like Google Maps, Google, stare at it nonstop in the classroom. Or, yeah, Google Earth, I mean, yeah. Nonstop staring at it. And then any mapping, like going no through, like... No further questions. We're yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> you said too much already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so you guys prep pretty good for the events, and that's great. Yeah. 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 We definitely know quite a bit about the body water mm-hmm. before we get there. To me, that's everything, is I want to know the lay of the land. It's yeah. like Pokegama. You know that this has sand on it. You know mm-hmm. that you know how the whole lake lays out and that mm-hmm. is a huge advantage the same thing down south that's a big wheeler thing actually really? is mm-hmm. understanding the lake better than any not necessarily where the fish are but the topography of the lake how the lake lays out where the dirty water is where the clean water is you know mm-hmm. it's a big deal i got i got some go what's your thoughts on how minnesota compares to the south is it more spot related pattern related like how does it compare in your I eyes th- <clears throat> I think it's more spot related, yeah. but I also think that our the fishermen up here are really good. I don't know how it compares, like competition wise, you know, because it seems like them boys down south are really good too. But it seems like down south, you don't. It's not as diverse, maybe, or maybe it's more diverse. I don't know. You could probably tell me that better. I uh, I mean, it's as diverse. I would say. I would say the fish move way more down south. I think fishing's harder, but. I don't, they just don't, I mean, I would argue that it's not quite as diverse just because you think of like Alabama, like those Coos River boys and like they just see spots and largemouth. But then us, and you we can drive an hour away 
and we can yeah, go to true. a smallmouth yeah. lake. We can go to a largemouth lake. We can go to a dirty largemouth lake. We can go to a clean fishing amount deep largemouth lake. You know, I think that's what makes Minnesota anglers talented, and I think what equally makes us untalented down south is what you said is more spots and pattern up here mm-hmm. versus down south. Once you figure out something, it seems like you can duplicate the fuck out of it. Yeah, exactly. You can run yeah. with it. Yeah. The thing down south that drives me crazy is they hate using spinning rods. <laughs> Despise it. And if they do use spinning rods, there's 20 pound braid on it. <laughs> 20 pound braid. Man, 15 maybe pound I, should, I feel like I should do a lot better down there then. <laughs> if that's what I'm up against. It's just Man. something I see. Like, there's it's guys crazy. on our team all the time that are like, well, I caught 12 pounds today, but I did it doing a baitcaster, so I'm happy with it. And I'm just like, dude. What if you could have caught 17 yeah. on a spinning pole? Yeah, like, it shouldn't matter, dude. <clears throat> no, it shouldn't. I'll catch them on it. I don't care what I got to catch exactly. them on. Exactly. That's, like, that's how it should be. That's how you need to be. Yeah. I agree with that. But 100%. It's just mind-blowing how many people are like that in the South. 65-pound braid, flipping stick. Mm-hmm. If I ain't catching them like that, I ain't catching them. Yeah. I don't mean this, and I mean, none of this is in a way of, like, dogging on them, obviously, but I mean... No, they're all really good at what they do. Yeah, yeah, they're very good, but they're very stuck in their ways. That's why they're really good at what they do, in my opinion, is because, yeah, yeah, like, like, there's some guys that are like, if they're not biting a swim jig, I'll just go put it on the trailer, but they're going to beat your ass. That goes back to, that's just their style. Yeah. Like, they're going to make it work most of the days, Yeah, and I just can't do that. I can't either, dude. I cannot stand not catching them as good as I possibly could. You know what exactly. I mean? No matter what day it is. Like, like start, I want to catch them as yeah. want to catch them better than everybody else out here. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is not with one rod typically. Yeah. No. Unless definitely it's not. that day. 100%. We get made fun of all the time for having a deck full of rods. Every mm-hmm. tournament, our teammates make fun of us. How do you know what to throw when it's like <laughs> You look at him and be like, that's, that's "Did the you point. win team of the year?" <laughs> <laughs> no, we just look back at him and we're like, "No." Every one of these will be thrown today. Yeah. Every single one of them. Each has a purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever you guys are doing, it's working. I mean, you guys, team of the year, I mean, that's, yeah, that ain't broken. So, (laughs) yeah, it's working. Anyone who's giving you guys shit about that probably should, I mean, you know how people are. Yeah. (laughs) Pussies with your spinner rods we get it all the time yankee boy <laughs> yankee boy hey father gill did your vagina hurt from that egg beater hitting it in the vagina all day <laughs> nice ned rig boy nice ned no it's bud bud nice ned rig bud nice ned rig bud that's yep. what they'll say to make fun of us so you guys get so you guys get bullied um, yeah that's bad a lot no no <laughs> No. It's just typical. Yeah. We you know. feed it back, don't worry. Yeah. We let them have it. Let your rods do the talking. <laughs> That's right. Medium lap bends twice as far. <laughs> Is a shaky head like a thing down there? Because I don't catch dick on a shaky head in Minnesota. Do you guys? Oh, yeah. We throw it all the time down there. Down there. Not you catch them up here? No. Uh. I don't, can't say I've tried it, though, to be honest. I don't know if I've always, ever thrown it here. I always just throw an eco to that. I love a Nico. What's yeah. your go-to Nico worm? Uh, Biospawn. Plasma what's tail? What's yeah. yeah. Really? You too, right? You, oh, you know what mine is. What's the, uh, yeah, yeah. They don't make them anymore. It's the shaky snake from Berkeley. 
You see those things? Yeah, I got the next best thing. It, the oh. next? Oh. I'll show you after. All right. All right. All right. That's fuck with the Slinko. The Slinko, yeah. That's basically a shaggy snake that floats. Yeah. yeah. Same difference, I guess, yeah. I've, like, I'd, never thrown it, I guess. I didn't yeah. even think about that, but... Yeah. Three thirty-second on snail weight. Yeah, throw it out there. It's need. it's a little bulkier, so you can get that heavier yeah. snail weight in there and just let her cook. Yeah, yeah, damn, yeah, that's a good one. Boys down south are really be laughing. <laughs> you guys pull out the slanko. Oh God, they would tear that shit up. What's so? Ten XD, eight XD, six XD, or die. Yeah. You guys ever mess with the sink in a crankbait? Like putting water in it? No. Yeah, but we talked about it a couple times. A couple of ledge tournaments we were talking about doing that. I got a couple over there you guys can take with you down south and try out. They're drilled out already. One milliliter of water in the left one, 1.5 in the right one. For real? Yeah. That dialed? No. Well, yeah, there's that much water in each. <laughs> Absolutely not. So you just drilled it out. And then filled it back in. And... I told myself I was going to go to Lake Minnetonka and crank deeper than everybody and fuck them up. Yeah. And I did I did it for five hours last year practicing for our tournament. Mm-hmm. I caught one bass. It was a five-pounder. Five, yeah. I think you told me about this. But I couldn't do it again. <laughs> so it's all you guys. It's all you guys. I ain't figured it out yet. You remember when you came right next to me and you caught that one? Remember that? Yeah, that like spun you out, you said. I felt really good. I was like, ooh, I spun father <laughs> deal out. I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> well, we were at like three fish, and what was that, like one o'clock? It was pretty late. It was maybe, pretty late. Maybe Dane maybe... was like rolling, and I'm like trying to cast my weight yeah. on this feeding line with my Nico rig. And, and you step like... on the back deck and set the hook. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> we were having a pretty shitty day, but, well, glad we did something cool, apparently. <laughs> that was That was something. Because we were there for like 10 minutes, probably. I had, I had cool? a. It, it looked <laughs> awesome. We had three fish. It looked so amazing. I was like, it, it even jumped right in front of our boat. That was the worst part. Did we, we didn't cut you guys off, did we? No, you came in and you asked if you could fish there, and I said, yeah. I usually ask. Yeah, yeah. You did it right. Like, hey, dumb. Do no you think feelings. we should move and go 20 minutes up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably should ask more. Just give me shit. But no, it was, it was all good. <laughs> It was that, just Tonka's tough, dude. It's just etched in my memory for some reason. I thought you were gonna live scope the fuck out of them and beat us, but apparently we got lucky. It's, it's funny you think I live scope so much. We think about this all the time. We talk about it like we get this. No, everyone does. Everyone that's, 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 that. that's how we introduce you guys. Yeah, everyone These guys are professional live scopers. But I we, don't think you understand. Every derby when we get back, yeah, scoped them, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, we're on the red route. Well, I can't. We, did scope, did, a scope them. we did, did scope them. We did one out of our ten bass. Yeah, but but we I mean places where it's like it just doesn't play. Guys are all yeah. We're just like we're the live scope guys. Yeah. Everyone it's thinks just we funny just live scope all the time. And I mean, I'm not gonna say we don't use it. I mean, it's definitely it's on all the time because you just have to have it on all the time. It teaches you so much. But again, like we talked about earlier, you just can't get stuck in that thing because it'll burn you. It reminds me, I was going to ask more about the shallow water factor of that. What's here? Mm. I want to know how to utilize it to its fullest in shallow water because I think a lot of guys struggle with it in shallow water because your margin, your your window is smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Is it harder to see your bait on it or easier? I feel like it might be easier. 
I would say same, honestly. Same. Mm-hmm. Where was it when we were scoping them in like two feet and everyone was amazed? <laughs> that uh, is amazing. Was that, two o- feet. was that Ozarks? Yeah, when we were like catching them against the bank. Yeah, like on yeah. the bank we were scoping them. Like inches, maybe. It was like really shallow. Yeah. Do you We've... tilt your deucer up a little <clears> bit <throat> for the shallow more? Like you can go a notch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To we me, have... that's helped me. Shallow. We have done that. Yeah. But that time, I don't know. I can't I don't think we were because sure. we were in deeper water looking up, so I don't think it mattered much there. But it was there's times on Coosa River where they're like legit on the surface, and that's when we tilt yeah. it up one click. Yeah, you, you can see them better on the surface. Can you see your top water better too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, another time we yeah. do that. Yeah, I noticed that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, I think why a lot of people maybe struggle using it shallower is now you have this big visual factor mm-hmm. above the water. Do you think that's the key is kind of tuning that out a little bit. I think it's the key is finding the happy medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, explain. Like you're fishing the shallow area, right? What makes you decide to look at live scope instead of the shallow area you're about to cover? You know what I mean? Because you got to do a little of both. I got to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what makes us look at live scope. I mean, turned it on. I guess that was just our whole program that week because we were live scoping on brush piles mm-hmm. and suspenders on bait. And then we did it here. And then we did it here. And then we're like, why can't why, we, why can't we do it here? Yeah. 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 That's kind of how it went down. Do you think you find stuff shallow that and do things shallow that other people don't when you utilize live scope, make casts that you wouldn't have made? I, I mean, I think it helps you target individual just, fish way more. It's yeah. more like, efficient. Yeah. It's just. Because, I mean, you think about fishing some giant flat or something, and then if you did not have it, you'd just be blindly, you know, going through. It might take forever to fish that flat. I mean, it kind of sounds obvious saying it now, but then. But why wouldn't you turn on perspective at mm. that point? You know what I mean? I mean, there's a time and a place. Um, it, it seems like the only time perspective really plays is, like, dirt shallow like that is when they're on, like, specific things like if you like flat bottom forward all day but yeah. if you have you know that. if you have a big stump field big rock flat that's when it kind of really plays seems like one on this stump, Cy- one cypress on this trees stump. is huge yeah oh i can see that you can mm-hmm. see the roots yeah i mean those roots i yeah. mean run where was that red james um yeah when we ran up the chick whatever at james in practice yeah that was we had another place too where we were doing that i don't remember where but Ended up not being our deal, but we were we were doing yeah. the whole Cypress really? perspective mm-hmm. deal. But so on the James, when you guys are figuring out current, I guess I'm curious just because I love current. Do you figure out a certain casting angle that was mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the business? The business the that was nuts. Yeah, to isn't that, that crazy? Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. To, to just feel it like it like we'd be reeling. It was like there it is, and then yep. boom, and then bam. bam. So were you positioned down current? Were you forty five in? I know you're throwing up current. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were forty five in. Yeah. I mean it, it kind of That's varied insane. per spot, I mean, it seemed like. Like every yeah. they all set up different. It was wing dams and then just like natural points that came off of like um what would you like the mouths of different rivers and different channels and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they all set up kind of different. The the wing dam stuff 
where you're pretty much just pulling it straight over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then doing some 45 stuff too. But on the, on the tip of it. Yeah, yeah. That was just the big thing, was just getting behind them and then just fish the entire thing. And then the point stuff, I would say that was a little more like that very boat specific. Perfect. It yep. was like, yeah, like had to get it right where it was. Because those wing dam fish, they have so much stuff to sit on. There's so many like little current breaks, you know, right, off right. the current break kind of thing. And I think that's why that was kind of so like have to, you know, play with it. But then that that stuff off to just like a random point, I think that stuff, obviously there's just not much for them to sit on besides that one break right there kind of right. thing. I'm sure there's a lot. I, I mean, obviously there's a lot more we, there that we don't see. But. We had learned this at the tail races on the Coosa River at Lade, Jordan, and Mitchell. Yeah. You, there's just... I don't know what it is, but when you get the right cast, it just feels different. Like, mm-hmm. you can just feel it washing perfectly with the current. I, I don't know how to explain it. There's really no way yeah. to explain it. You just you know when you get the right cast, and right. it just took us a little bit of messing around on James till you'd get that cast, and then sure enough, yeah. you get thumped. Yeah. Well, you have where where the current hits something and changes direction, right? Yeah. And then you have the, re, the effect of that, which is an eddy of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. Where, it, where it backflows. And historically on like the mississippi river those largemouth are typically going to be on that backside in that eddy and the smallmouth are typically the most active ones right where that they nose up right where that current changes position and they'll be just like uh with wind they'll be on more so the upwind side and largemouth be on the downwind side same with current mm-hmm. did you find that to change at all when you go down to the james and there isn't any smallmouth like would the active largemouth sit like a smallmouth would on some of that. Mm-hmm. Remember the ones in practice? You would set the hook and they would just like five yeah. feet in there. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it would yeah. be like as soon as it hit the water too. And then the other ones, you'd have to you'd have to wash it just perfectly. The ones that were behind and just like I said, you had to have that perfect cast. But the ones that were on the front end of the current, it seemed yeah. like it didn't matter as much. <laughs> just like chuck it up there and they'd just come get it. Kind that's of crazy. Yeah. I mean, he was just freaking out every time he got hit. He was like, dude, that's the hardest hit I've ever yeah. had in my life. And he was just the whole way in. He was like, dude, you got to feel that bite. <laughs> and it was this, nuts. This was at the time oh, where sorry. he had the crankbait. And like we said earlier. Yeah. And he was just, it was eye-opening for me. We don't need to share it, but I mean, can't be that secret of crank. No, it was a Rocco. Yeah. OG Rock. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything. That wasn't out yet. Uh, really? Pre-order? You just pre-ordered them. Yeah. Wired no, I to think fish. They you get a just, few extra perks. They, they, just, they had just it. came out. I think they had just came out. Boss just but, got a pack. He sent me one. <laughs> it was like super like, or at least maybe it was probably just the confidence thing too, but it was like color. One, that day after practice, I got to the hotel and overnighted like two dozen of them. I was like. We need these things because it was so. It was so. I've never I seen only know. Something. I know they only gave you so many samples. I'm gonna need them red crawl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it it was nuts. I think that was something to a sound because then we started playing with like the slim and the, yeah, um, the tiny too. But there was definitely something to just the sound of those Rapala ones, or maybe the balsa. There's something to the balsa side of it to that, where it was one of those things where yeah, he was throwing a million different plugs. And what were you throwing? That wasn't working. I started with the Striking 1.5. That's what. That's one of my favorites. And then uh, I went through everything I had yeah. in my tackle box. <laughs> like literally, I had crankbaits everywhere on the boat, and nothing even compared to what he was throwing. Yeah. So the balsa. Would you throw wood? Throw the wood at him. I I did throw some wood even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just something with the way it rolled over the rocks or something. Yeah. Sound triggered him. Yeah. It's weird how that works. You, mm-hmm. Plugs. Plugs are kind of like. It's. It's plugs crazy. have have a little magic to them, yeah. I think. When it's you get like, dialed in, when you magic. get the right plug in your hand, it's yeah. like, look yeah. out, baby. 
that was, I would say, a plug is something we didn't have any confidence in before we came to school. And now it's like, it's definitely one yeah. of the first things we pick up everywhere we go. It's probably my favorite bite in the world. And mm-hmm. I was anti-plug for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm pro-plug now. Yeah. Definitely pro-plug. <laughs> what's, what's your bait you feel like you need to work on the most or get confidence in? I would say it like um, anything in the middle of the water column. And really? I, I feel like, yeah, because that, that's been, I would say what I've done the least over my time on this earth is, is that middle of the water column stuff. So like an A-rig and a swimmer, I feel like I have in suspended fish is where I feel like my improvement can be made and I'm okay at it, but I just, I feel like I can get a lot better at them suspended fish. I mean, mm-hmm. with your Demiki tactics yeah. and that that kind of thing it's uh that's definitely my area to to work on structure power fishing or finesse fishing structure i feel like i I feel very comfortable with that but um yeah yeah well how about you what's the thing you need to work on the most rattle trap same (laughs) guys at school catch them on that thing everywhere and i just cannot get confidence in it throw a blade bait at all for smallmouth, yeah, around here. Blade bait, yeah. How about you? What do you got to work on? A chatterbait comes to mind immediately. I feel a chatterbait like not around grass. <laughs> like guys like down it's south, way easier not around grass. Really? Yeah. That's just like open water or just like hardcover. Anything. I think getting fishing it around or through grass effectively, that to me was harder than getting bit on a chatterbait in open water. Yeah. Or on really? That's grass. opposite of me. Like guys not grass school. it's easy you pick up three quarter and you bang it into shit like that's my opinion on the not grass thing is you just you're yeah. creating deflections and you're, yeah so you treat it like a crankbait yeah. different variation yeah and through the grass i've learned a lot as far as like ways to get it through the grass and i feel like i've made leaps and bounds just honestly i've learned some things through this podcast on that just with line choice and that sort the, of thing the tuma andy podcast honestly yeah yeah. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. You me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. You do that now? I haven't had an opportunity yet. I feel like. <laughs> How you so chatter wagon not around grass is what you need to work on. You're good in the grass with Just it? like all around. I, I feel like there's a way to get super like tight with it where you can be like, I need to throw this one right now, and I will catch them on that kind of we, thing. We have a buddy who is now roommates with us, Bo Browning. Stephen Browning's son, you know how much oh. he throws a chatterbait. Yeah, he catches them the everywhere on it, and I don't understand yeah. how. And one thing, another thing that was like, gosh, it's there's something to it with Sag Bay. That was wild. How Remember when we were catching them in that, that cabbage flat, those largemouth? And the chatterbait that I was throwing had that nickel blade. Oh, yeah. That was wild. Like, just, I mean, how many fish to your, like, it was absurd. So and then he nickel put. nickel and his yeah. didn't? same skirt same everything but it, it was a black I blade instead black of a nickel blade, blade. Yeah. the nickel and then he put on like a different color but nickel blade and started just waxing on so it was a nickel blade something like to that blade and that's where i feel like th- there's something there because there, there's those guys who are crazy dialed who are just like yeah i'm catching on chatterbait and we're like how are you doing that here yeah I, that's just something that i i don't know i'm not tight with uh, i agree with you like there's times where i feel like i you can t- need to take it out of my cold dead hands and there's other times where i'm like it's the last thing i'm throwing yeah and there's guys like 
that who seem to be able mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get it going anywhere. I feel like everyone's throwing it now, yeah. which makes oh, yeah. me like l- more reluctant to do it. That's the reason why we're probably yeah we tend to. But there's tricks with it that it's like the guys who are really good at doing it, they ain't doing it the same as yep. everybody else. Exactly. And they got these little yeah. you know, tricks with the trailers, tricks with the rod, tricks with the yeah. size, the bait heaviness and it's its own thing yeah it's its own thing it's one thing that's really like i don't know it's fascinating to me like trying to figure out this stuff where it's like am i overthinking like you said earlier how you were like as anglers we just overthink and 100 percent. there's times where it's just like you're just thinking way too hard mm-hmm. so it's like one of those things where it's like am i overthinking this or am i not thinking hard enough about this you know it's like that with a lot of things. Chatterbait can go yeah. both ways. Yeah. <laughs> because it's definitely like you're thinking too hard, boy. It's a vibrating G. Yeah. You reel it right through and then, <laughs> yeah. and a half turn and a full turn and you get them. <laughs> yeah. um, and then like talking to Keith Tuma and some guys who like seem to be pretty dialed with it. It's like, no, there's a little more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Everyone's throwing a chatterbait on this flat, but. I bet nobody can get this chatterbait through this and mm-hmm. with this setup, and it's like kind of changes your whole yep. frame of mind. I feel like a lipless crankbait's actually really similar mm-hmm. with guys who are good with that. There's certain lipless crankbaits that are really good for that colder water phase, like yo-yoing type style. And then there's the I'm sure know, it's just like jerkbait too, like we're talking about different sounds with every single one of them. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's probably has to do with sound, how they come through grass, how they mm-hmm. fall. I mean, oh, you've yeah. got the red-eye shad that's got, like, the shimmy on the fall. And shit. <laughs> but I've had days with the lipless crankbait on Kentucky Lake where I'm throwing the same one as Doug, and he's outfishing me 10 to 1, and he's literally just letting it sit a second before he reels the slack up when he's pulling it. Like, yeah. And it's, like, yeah. weird shit like that and you just feel like the worst fisherman until you let it sit for a second longer and it's like oh i'm really good now okay <laughs> i don't know man fishing fishing a jig yep. i mean vibrating jig jig i mean a lot of baits are that way a jig to me is the same thing yep. as a chat there's a lot of people that would say the same thing about a jig and i'm like what do you mean yeah but you're probably the same way with the jig i mean definitely a lot to be learning about jig yeah yeah so we've covered a lot of things over this well, over this time together we've learned the hot crazy matrix changed we've, my life uh i've learned a lot about live scope and i feel like there we i felt like there's more to it than that and you guys are you guys relieve me a little bit because it's like a lot of people think these kids are just wizards with live scope and like just sniping all these fish and i think you guys might be human which is 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 relieving for me because the biggest thing is just knowing when to use it yeah right biggest thing when i asked the alien question i was i was about waiting for you guys to say you know they've been here 20 24 years as long as we've been here we're from the planet of whatever but so you guys are going to pickwick now Mm -hmm. what's the date of that August 10th through the 12th, right? It's probably when this podcast comes out, right around then. So we'll be rooting for you. The galaxy is ever-expanding, and uh, it's rooting for a big big Pickwick bag. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun. This has been fun, both of you. I expect big things out of you moving forward, (laughs) and I'm excited to hear about the secret bait. (laughs) 
<laughs> you said you're hearing about it. I'm Thank sorry. you, everybody. We're going to go now. Bye now. <laughs>